Hailing frequencies are open. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Clear Skies, our Star Trek live play RPG. Uh, hi, Streampunks. How y'all doing? It's good to see everybody. Um, yeah, we've, we've, I, I, would you guys say it's accurate that we're still recovering? Yeah. I'm, it's a great word for it. I haven't even <laughs> started. I'm speechless, and you know that's hard for me. It is hard, yes. Um, yeah, so we 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 had a hell of a weekend. Um, I don't know if y'all are aware. Uh, of course, we had our fundraiser uh, just yesterday, and um, it, 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 I can't believe it was yesterday. <laughs> but uh, we we had hoped to we had hoped to achieve a 5K was our was our flatline goal. The mods kind of jokingly laughed that it was going to hit 10K. We hit 15K. Um, this is going to be instrumental into launching the next chapter of Streampunks, and we owe it all to you guys, and we can't thank you enough. We just can't thank you enough. So wanted to take some time right off the top to talk about the stunning success of yesterday and also to let everybody know that um, we are currently assembling all of the the stretch goals that we that we achieved that we were scrambling to achieve because uh, y'all left us kind of having to improvise. Oh, what can we do now? Um, because uh, we didn't expect to uh, hit the stratosphere the way we did. So thank you, um, and we will keep you guys updated on that. Um, the big announcement that I have this evening is a week. She'll, uh, Clear skies will not be airing next Monday night because next Monday night is Blood of the Void. The premiere of our Klingon uh, RPG will be next Monday at 6.30 p.m. Um, so definitely make sure to catch our first episode as we explore uh, what it is to be Klingon. Um, really, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, as somebody who got the chance to, to talk with them yesterday, they're just so delightful i'm i'm already in love with them i hope you guys are already in love with them i think next week's gonna be a lot of fun i can't wait i'm gonna be in chat hanging out uh for a while and i'm, I'm just very stoked everybody's so lovely intelligence. we 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 have all I, i've got consensus that we just want to see rave and jade meet and watch the planet burn <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> uh, I, I would also venture to say that uh, that McCrell for sure should be a part of that. That that trio would be amazing. Look, I have a history with Klingon doctors. What can I say? <laughs> um, I just picture. What, the I'm, I'm just in the mountain? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just picturing. I'm picturing Jade's character stabbing someone to death. McCrell. Um, and and Lacat walking up to the body, Lacat saying, <laughs> and then mock walking on, and then McCrell stepping into frame and going, yes, and then walking on, and that's that's the show. You forgot the part where I loot the body, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, fair. So Always that'll be running. next next Monday. Uh, next Monday, we're going to be doing uh, Blood of the Void, and hopefully we'll have some pretty big announcements uh, coming up in the next few weeks too, so stay tuned for that. Um, we also have the Day of Honor, which is coming up. That is going to be July, is it 11th, I believe? I'm getting my dates mixed up here. Yes, but um, 
Thank you, Sam. Um, so it'll be July 11th. Stay tuned for that. It is going to be here on Q Times. You'll see it all over our socials. It's going to be a big deal. Aliza is essentially, um, they have announced the people in the panel. Aliza is essentially uh, interviewing pretty much all the Klingons from Discovery, <laughs> as well as the Admiral from Discovery. So we've got cast members from Star Trek Discovery coming in, as well as language experts to discuss Klingons and this wonderfully amazing fictional race that started out as such an adversarial race for the Federation and has since grown into one of the most beloved sci-fi races ever created. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, that is all I have for announcements this evening. But anybody else, does anybody else have anything they would like to announce? Anybody else got anything going on? <laughs> yes, yeah, Aki. Uh, so... As per usual, uh, I have my Tuesday and Friday streams over on my channel, uh, Akitaki's and Tea, in the morning. But I recently just started a new uh, show called Akiflix and Tea, which is uh, my movie club show that's on Thursdays at 2 p.m. And this week, uh, our film theme is Dinosaurs, and we're watching Jurassic World 2 because I haven't seen it yet. Well, so nice. <laughs> that should be fun. Um, uh, and then I, I, the one thing I did want to say really fast is that I was on the back end of yesterday's uh, uh, fundraiser, sort of like coordinating and stuff like that and, and doing all that. And the one thing that I really want to say to Eric and Xander and Gina uh, is that you guys helped keep things running so smoothly. And I was so proud of how on schedule we stayed. And you all made me very, very happy. And <laughs> I, just, I was just, I was like, this is we so just, great! Everybody's so awesome, and you know, it, it was it was it was just. I just wanted to make you proud, Aki. You work so hard. <laughs> yeah. I I had I uh, we all worked very very hard. I'm, <laughs> I'm very proud of all of us. It's, it's Sam kicked so much ass. Y'all don't even know how much ass Sam was kicking. Uh, I don't all up this. The mods, um, however, kicked a very large amount of posterior, and uh, I would love to recognize them. Uh, the whole Q Times team, as well as the Stream Punk Stream team, uh, unspeakably then, critical to making this move as smoothly as it did. We would have had warp core malfunction on this fundraiser long before without them. And we would course, have had two malfunctions. Two malfunctions. And frankly, that's too much Malcolm Reynolds to function. <laughs> and we we should also, of course, as always, give our thanks to Jake, who continues to just be the best. No, don't thank the Jake. Best. He's we okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all of our guests who stepped in and did amazing, hilarious, and just gloriously cute triple stuff. Oh my yeah. god! Oh my gosh! You guys get more of Gina crafting. We we are so excited about that. Yeah. Hey, no I'm gonna make, but I'm excited. Yeah. And I'm running a game, and I'm terrified. Yeah, Everybody, you are. Bonnie is going to run her very first game for us, and we are all so thrilled. And it's gonna be so much fun. It's gonna be so easy, Bonnie. You got this. Uh, and Ravity, and Ravity finally gets to run her Bachelor Ten Candles game. Yes. I personally request to be at the rose ceremony. That's gonna be amazing. That's gonna be amazing. <laughs> Uh, real oh. quick, if y'all uh, tune in on Wednesday here on Q Times, it's going to be part one of the finale of Denver Denver by Night, the all-female uh, Vampire Masquerade cast RPG uh, here on Q Times. That's Wednesday, 5 to 7, part one of the finale. What? Y'all, things are happening. 
<laughs> and there's a special guest on it too. Nice. And... Uh, okay. Uh, big announcements at the top. Um, if anybody else, does anybody else have any other announcements before we begin? No? Okay, well, I guess, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I forgot, I guess, I guess someone's, yes, Sam? Yes, you should apologize, you should apologize, sir. I'm we'll, so... We'll deal with you after the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, uh, due to technical malfunctions, we have moved the premiere of uh, D&D A Darkened Wish, uh, the streaming tie-in to the D&D comic by uh, B. Dave Walters and uh, drawn by Tess Fowler. And that will be this Thursday from 5 to 7 PVT. That's uh, with uh, me and Aki, and also Aki, um, as well as uh, Melee Damage and uh, many members of the Uncommon Trust. Uh, so tune in for that. Uh, this Sunday will also be the season premiere proper of New Pantheon on Saving Throw Show on Sundays from 4 to 7 uh, PVT. And that is our Demigods playthrough. Uh, this past Sunday, after the fundraiser, uh, Aki and I joined Abria Iyengar GMing Attack and Dethrone God. Uh, so I strongly recommend checking out that, Bob, because sometimes... Look, I actually don't need to say anything else. Attack and Dethrone God. Done. It's pitched run, itself. Run by Abria Iyengar. Like... You now know everything you need to know to want to tune in. Uh, So you can go check the VOD of that out on Saving Throw. It'll be up on YouTube soon, if it ain't already. We're all doing a bunch of stuff, uh, catching my stuff wherever my stuff happens. But mostly, uh, I'm about to get shot, and I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. With that, let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode, the final chapter of Farther From Home. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to begin tonight's episode of Clear Skies. This is the episode Farther From Home, and we are at a critical junction point because the cards have apparently been laid, and everyone is become aware of some of the plots that have been unfolding during the course of this 
very bizarre mission that began with some questionable orders from Starfleet Command and has led the USS Ross down the rabbit hole of intrigue. Right now, there are two Jim Hadar, an Avorda, and a founder on board the USS Ross. They are getting ready to stage a combat mission against a rival pirate in what would be described as a long-lost pirate haven long sought after during the Dominion War. After it being finally being discovered, the Ross has made some friends and has revealed some new enemies. Namely, this founder who has been portraying herself as someone who is on the side of compassion and the USS Ross is in fact the pirate king that she is attempting to get everybody to kill. She's playing both sides. This reveal came when one of the frenemies of the USS Ross, Taraz, snuck this information on board via his Ferengi lieutenant and had it presented to the command staff of the USS Ross. The Ross has since been making plans using Obsidian Order technology to attempt to capture this changeling. This is not easy tech to use. And right now, you guys have been improvising based off of what you know about this kind of tech, which is damn near impossible to try to replicate this technology based off of what little you know. However, Ambassador Olin Marginil has made contact with the Romulan Ambassador and the Klingon Ambassador. And while the Klingon Ambassador wasn't particularly his usual warm, affable self towards the ambassador, the Romulan ambassador seemed a little more willing to help, especially if it meant that he could get a favor with the Federation ambassador. Now, as that exchange was being set up and confirmed that a data transfer was going to happen, the transmission was cut off at the source. Now, will the USS Ross receive those that data? It's hard to say but the subspace transmission and connection to Narendra Station, where this ambassador is stationed at, has been severed. Where we left off, the crew of the USS Ross is currently in Holodeck 3, and all of them are working together. The command staff is working together right now to try to recreate this technology that was used in a classified state during the Dominion War, so that when they fall into the trap of this changeling who thinks that she is a step ahead of them, they can use it to capture her. Now, one last variable, the Jim Hadar. Nobody wants a piece of that. There's two Jim Hadar soldiers. Now they're outnumbered, but they're two Jim Hadar soldiers, and nobody wants to have to deal with that. I think we know exactly who wants to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a trade-off though. Um and the trade-off is uh can I just I, I just want just this is this is not like a reveal or anything because this is actually information you guys having basic information of the Jim Hadar I just want to let the audience know as well as my players some of the base rules for Jim Hadar soldiers because it would be as an intelligence gathering thing after being at war with them for a few years you guys would have this base understanding but to translate this from NPC like stat information to your players who can then implement it narratively. I just want everyone to know that Jim Hadar have values. They do get to call upon um, they do get to call upon their values for determination. They also have special rules. They're immune to pain and they're immune to fear. You cannot intimidate them. They are not afraid. They have an ability called victory is life. 
which gives them one threat every time they do damage. And they have the Shroud, which allows them to cloak. And they have Brute Force, which allows them to remove the non-lethal trait from unarmed attacks and replace it with Vicious One. Jim Hadar are brutal. And typically when they fight someone, be it them or somebody else, when a Jemadar engages in battle, someone is going to die. Don't fight the Jemadar. Fight the Jemadar. However, to conclude this, the big reveal last episode was the first, the Jemadar that has managed to get away and have a personal conversation with Azri Sol. The first Ilkat Itlen. Ilkat Itlen has revealed to Captain Azri Sol that he has orders from Odo himself. Now, this is unusual because usually the Vorta are the only ones that are allowed to speak to the Founders, but it's not unusual necessarily for a first to have contact with the Founders. This first apparently received orders and apparently the Vorta also received orders to bring this Founder home and if she refuses to come back home, use whatever force necessary to eliminate her as a threat. Now, Ilkat didn't go into detail as to why this order was given, but if Odo's giving that order, especially because it is known in Starfleet that changelings do not kill other changelings, it must be serious. And there must be a lot at stake. It's not like the Jim Hadar to lie. That's the Vorta's job. The Vorta, however, is apparently going against that order, order, and in a moment of fealty, has sworn allegiance to this founder. Ilkat, however, has refused to betray the orders he was given. And as a Jim Hadar is currently in a moment of crisis, he's been given order, an order by his god to kill his god. What will he do? He's made it very clear he intends to follow his order, no matter what. And so the stage is set. Something is happening. Something is going down in the next 24 hours. And the background of all of this, as it has been for weeks now, there is an evidence that the USS Ross is being stalked by a silent predator, a cloaked ship more and more evidence comes in that a cloaked ship is out there somewhere and has been stalking the USS Ross. And they're either being sloppy or they want the Ross to know that they're being stalked. It's hard to say. We start tonight in Holodeck 3 with an extended task. Um, before we begin the extended task, however, I'm going to make a roll because the Romulan ambassador back on Narendra Station is going to make the attempt to send the data despite the interference. A quick little aside, um, because we're in the middle of essentially like a session, do we have rollover momentum from last time that we might be able to use in this? Thank you for bringing that up. At the start of every game session, the momentum resets. It's a very rare circumstance when you guys don't have, where you guys start with momentum in the middle of the scene. At this point, normally I would say you have zero momentum. However. Yay, I thought there was a however. There's a however, because during our fundraiser, 
oh. our fans unlocked one of the stretch goals, which immediately is rewarding all of you one momentum. So you guys are maxed out tonight. And you start the game with six momentum because of the unlock stretch goal that we all hit yesterday. Thank you. You never have let me write the goals. <laughs> so every player gains one momentum, which goes immediately into the pool. That's a total of six. You guys are maxed. Um, I will give you the option here because in the spirit of keeping Star Trek Adventures RPG as much of a feel as towards a television show as it is a as an RPG, I will give you the option of allowing me to use momentum on behalf of the Romulan ambassador. Yes, it's very important. I, I just, I'm giving you the option. Yes, please. The option is yes. <laughs> the option is yes, okay. Then let me grab its stats. All right. I burned the heck out of my index finger today, and I'm just realizing while I'm trying to write notes that I have to press my thumb against my index finger to hold my pencil. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to take notes. This really hurts. Oh, no. No. If only you had a whole crew who could take oh, notes and then send them to you afterward. Alas, you are Alas. alone he snaps on his this fingers. whole ship. Okay, so this is going to be, I'm going to rule this to be, this is going to be a control. You know what? I might make this security, actually. I'll make this a control security check. He's a Romulan. So I'll make this a control security check. What's that supposed to mean? He's a Romulan. He's got control security. <laughs> um, he doesn't have any uh, focuses, but I'm going to call upon a value. I was about to say, can you burn a determination? Pretty please. Yeah, I'm going to call upon a value. The monsters of yesterday have no place in today. So he's going to gain two successes off the bat. And, uh, oh shit. <laughs> I've got to pull up the stats for Narendra Station. <laughs> this is a first. <laughs> I've got to use the computer stats for Narendra Station. One second. Uh, okay. <laughs> Come on, Narendra, old girl. Give our when was the last? I can't remember the last. Here we go. I don't think you uh, have. Did you have to in, in SOT at all? I don't remember if I ever used this in Shield of Tomorrow. Never used Maybe. them, although I think rules as written, we would have had a few opportunities. Even uh, in Clear Skies, uh, Birth and That Baby uh, could have given us uh, medicine from the station. That said, Something about there was a little opposition or from the station I'm going to set that because of what he is attempting to do. He is trying to get through interference and sneak a data stream uh, through subspace to reach the USS Ross. I'm going to set the, the difficulty of that is going to be high. I'm going to set it at five. And I'm going to spend two threat against myself to raise the complication range by two. And um, would you be willing to spend three momentum for two dice added to the pool? It's up to you guys. Yeah. If you guys, it's your momentum. So if you want me to do that, then I'll roll four dice. Yes, this is relevant to our interests. Okay, so two successes. Uh, let's see. All right, I'm going to start my rolls here. So two. Oh, oh. I rolled two 19s, an eight, and a 12. So that's two successes and two complications. Is there a reroll? Is there any sort of caution? talent? Yeah. Um, let's see. You, you can spend 
if I remember correctly, you can spend momentum here. Yes, uh, please. No, it's a determination. Oh, oh that's right. Rerolls. And so unless he has a diplomatic analog to the veteran talent, which has a long term ambassador he might have, uh, and gets the 33% chance of the recharge, uh, we effed. So here's the good news. The good news is Narendra Station rolled a crit. Oh! So the roll is actually going to succeed, but it's with two complications. Okay. Okay. We'll take it. Good. Great. We'll take it. (laughs) Will we? Will we take that, Xander? We're going to have to, huh? (laughs) I think that that given the nature of what it is he's sending us, Two complications sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> two, two complications. I am not banking that as threat, just so we, just to be clear. Well, and we're crap. screwed. Um, Why you have to go and make things so complicated? <laughs> um. Okay. So, Ambassador Majanil, shortly after this transition, the, this transmission has been severed. You've reported this to Prawl. Prawl has gone down personally to Holodeck Three and reported this to the captain. Um, mostly because Prawl at this point, with, with the changeling on board, Prawl is not doing anything unless it's in person with the person they know they're talking to. Um, Prawl has returned to the bridge, and at about the same time you see Prawl... Uh, now, Ambassador, if I remember correctly, you're not in Holodeck 3. You were on the bridge with Prawl and everybody else, correct? Uh, I am in the Holodeck, but if I'm called up to the bridge, okay. I'm on the bridge. Um, no, so we'll say this. Um, we'll say that um, while you were down in the Holodeck, um, it's about 10 minutes after you received this message from uh, Prawl, in person, Captain. The, the Trill approached you, gave you this in a hushed tone, let you know that he is certain there is a cloaked ship out there now. That this transmission, this transition was, transmission was not jammed at the source, it was jammed here. That much they know. Um, a few, about 10 minutes after this, as, as you're starting to finally get your focus back, Captain Sull, and put your mind back on the task at hand and not think about this lurking danger out in space, um, you get a chirp on your communicator and you hear an urgent tone to Prawl's voice saying, Captain, this is Lieutenant Commander Prawl. Come in. Go ahead. Captain. There's something I think you need to see on the bridge, personally. You might want to bring the ambassador. I'm on my way. Get started in here, Chief. I'll be along presently. Ideally, by then, we'll have some sense of the research that we want to get done from our medical and science team. All right, Captain. And if I may, Azri, I could use your help on this one as soon as you can. I'll be back as soon as I'm able. Okay. Aye, sir. Shall we, Ambassador? Of course. Moments later, the two of you step out onto the bridge. You see Prawl turn from the security station and immediately approach the two of you and says, Captain, we just received a transmission from Narendra Station. It was in a hidden data packet. At first, it looked like noise, but I was able to ascertain that it is in fact some kind of hidden transmission addressed to the ambassador and marked urgent. All right, let's head into my ready room. Look at it there. Do you have it fully decrypted? Aye, Captain. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Moments later, as y'all are settling into the ready room, you swivel around the the desk computer in front of you, Captain, hitting to start the transmission. And as it opens up, um, you see the blueprints for a Dominion device. uh, I'm sorry, a, a device of the Obsidian Order. The very device that you were all attempting to build in the holodeck right now. Detailed blueprints. That son of a bitch did it. All of it is in Romulan, which the computer is currently translating out. Oh, they had it for a while. Oh, of course devils. But the fact that he managed to get his hands on it, that's pretty incredible too. Very Ah. resourceful. Let's hope you didn't have to promise him too much, Ambassador. This is going to come in handy. Real handy. Um, I'm sure that whatever the favor is, it will hopefully be worth it. I think that this is a very good show of faith in us. Um, Captain? Yes. As you're looking at these blueprints, I'm going to need you to make an insight command check. All right. And the difficulty of this is going to be two. All right. Uh, I'd like to... uh... Uh, take a momentum, if I may. For cautious. Okay. Any luck, I'll pay it back soon enough. Yeah, the extended uh, task you guys got coming up is probably going to do good for you. Does my sense motive fit into it? What's that? Uh, my yeah. uh, insight, my sense motive focus. No, that wouldn't account here. Yeah. We got we got six successes on a on a five difficulty, and that's where she's getting that extra momentum. Who? I was um, saying we have four. We have four momentum currently. Oh, four momentum. All right. Uh, well, I we now have three. Okay. No, no we, we now have. Uh, no, we now have four because I got three successes. <laughs> we now have four. Okay, Captain. As you're listening to Olin and and Prawl talk back and forth with like this hopeful tone to their voice, they both seem like they're a little excited now because they just got handed this blueprint's going to change. It's going to give you guys a significant advantage as to what's going on. You see at the bottom of the message, translated out through Romulan. Um, at the very bottom, it's not part of the blueprint. It just says, your ship is in danger. Commander Paul, that jammed communication, that was on a secure line which meant that if they were, they knew to jam based on the content of the message. Have you checked our system for taps? No, Captain. The, <laughs> that would take an extraordinary feat of security breach to be able to actually tap the systems of the USS Ross. Then how did I, they course, know exactly what our ambassador was talking about and when to jam it? It might be that they're listening to the ambassador. The ambassador has a secured line just the same as I do. I don't have an explanation, Captain. I, of course, will run a full security diagnostic, but it's Good, not- Good, because if they could find whatever was on that call, they could find that this transmission has come through as well and accelerate the tempo of whatever operation it is they intend. We have far too little information right now, but if nothing else, we have to choke off whatever threat it is they're going to present to us very soon. I turn around the the schematic and I point to the bottom of it. He looks down at that and just says, 
I'm going to have Prawl make an insight security check. This is going to be... I'll set this at difficulty three. Uh, may I assist from having directed this? Yes, that's a good idea. I would totally accept that, yeah. So, insight security. Oh, not one. Uh, so that's uh, three successes from me. Or, sorry, uh, two successes from me. Okay. What was the difficulty again? Uh, three. Okay. Ooh, a nat one and a three. All right, so that's a total so of five on a two tech. So that fills us back up. Yes, we um, are maxed out on momentum right now. Or would that three also be a crit from using a focus? Um, his no, he doesn't have a focus, so he just gets a he gets a he gets one crit. Um, he stares at it for a moment, and Captain, you can see the look in his eyes as he starts putting some stacks together, and he just looks at it and says, Captain. Let's break this down for a second, because we've had a long-running theory about what's going on with our guest on board. I'm not talking about the Jim Hadar. I understand. It all adds up if we start putting it together from the point of view if our stalker is a Romulan. Might have detailed information on how to listen in to the Romulan ambassador. Yes. Could be in a cloaked ship. Yes. It's very likely that whoever is stalking us might be a holdover from whatever happened between you and Dr. Wellex at Starfleet Command before the USS Ross left dock. So why haven't they made their move? I don't know, Captain, but something tells me with them as a variable and if they're getting active, if they're here now, they're, they have to be counted as a possible threat during the mission that we're about to undergo. Yes. They would... If, if if it was me, Captain, I would take advantage of the situation if I intended harm. But we have no idea what on earth they intend, let alone what on Yukvar. Give me some time to put together an idea. We might be able to faint. Good idea. Excellent. You work up a tactical plan while we get working on our own little uh, science project. Hi, Captain. Tech is going to be relieved. Uh, what did he say? He, he was a little bit... Uh, we had to have a conversation uh, when I told him that we would need him to build this. Not, not a bad one. He was just a little bit nervous. And Captain, actually, the ambassador... Excuse me, ambassador. They bring up a really good point if it's all right by the both of you i would like to request that we don't reveal this to tech just yet and so that he can keep his mind on building this device it doesn't seem to me that he's immediately operationally relevant to it thank you uh, i meant more than more about getting the schematics to him uh, i don't want to be misunderstood I pick up the pad and I'm going to uh, crop the schematic image. Okay. Uh, just a little bit on the bottom margin. Okay. Because simple click. Tech is going to be looking at it very closely. And if we're trying yeah. not to panic him, maybe don't say your ship is in danger at the bottom. It's an easy fix. Um, 
We'll take that as uh, their, the captain's sign of assent. Thank you, Captain. No, it is not my intention at all to put Tech into more of a panic than he might potentially already be. I don't like the idea that we assume any kind of emotional compromise or incompetence in our officers or non-coms. The chief has well earned my trust. It is simply operational security. Of course, Captain. I apologize. That was not my intention either. Of course. We try to take care of the crew. I think you're doing it with crew today. Are you not? Well, if there's any left by the time we get down there, I might need a few myself. I was trying to get one of those sandwiches before I was called. Come on. I can always replicate more. Prawl can't seem to help himself. Amidst this conversation, you see the hard shell crack a little bit as the two of you talk about this. He just kind of goes... (laughs) Would you like some crudite? Seems to me... Sure, yes, I'll, I'll take whatever that is. That sounds good. I'll have some sent up for you. Thank you, Ambassador. Captain, I'll return to my duties. Dismiss. Thank you, Commander. Captain. Ambassador. Oh. He steps out the door. Back to the salt mines, shall we? Indeed. All right. So as the two of you are headed back down, real quick, um, Exio, are you basically just taking to the bridge and fulfilling command staff duty? Okay, cool. Because at, at this point, it is actually long after alpha shift. We are in... Uh, we would be in beta shift by now. Late beta shift. Yeah, y'all are getting time and a half. <laughs> yeah. So right now... I'm um, until uh, someone needs to tag out, and then I will aid in the building of the um, device in any way that I can build. Um, and at that point, um, because it's not his shift at the security station, he goes and basically talks to Mashlo Carve, who, uh, I'm sorry, um, goes and talks to, uh, who is our chief of security? Lieutenant Rogers, who is currently, um, manning the tactical station, walks up to them and explains to them what's going on, um, before taking off and heading down, um, towards... You're actually not sure where Prawl's going, but once he's off duty, he doesn't go to the holodeck. It looks like he seems to have his mindset on somewhere in particular on the ship, but he departs um, as soon as his duty shift ends. And lets you know, Exio, uh, he just says, as he's leaving, he's like, Commander, I'll be available to you for the rest of the night if you need anything. Understood. And then he steps back into the turbo lift and um, uh Just clarifying, was I informed of the... Uh second part of the schematics i think I, I think it goes without saying that captain soul would probably let you know exactly what was going on would you say that's accurate captain uh given that exio is on the bridge at this time my intuition of the chronology is prawl brings it to exio says do we need to tag the captain in on this and exio says yes i'm down for that um, so, so then, before so then, I got the call, this was probably cleared through Exio. Keep don't in mind, bother though, the captain unnecessarily off shift. You Prawl did not see, but Prawl did not see the message at the bottom. You were the one that actually found that. So, mm-hmm. do you tell Exio 
the message that was uh, yes and so we're passing through the bridge anyway i may as well talk sure. okay then then yes the captain would have just basically leaned in and told you what what was uncovered on the, on the blueprints uh while i'm having that real quick uh vibe check on exia because last time i saw her uh my spidey sense was going what what am i reading as a person off of her right now uh incredibly focused they look very calm um and uh like like the facade that they had perfected last uh episode is intact as hell and it's holding with salt interesting got it noted <laughs> all right thank you intact as hell should be a mug <laughs> All right. Oh, but that's just asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's challenging the gods. There's no, there's no question. Um, real quick, while all of this is going on, uh, before we resume what's happening down in the holodeck and getting things underway, what is Dr. McCrell up to at this hour? I was, uh, I was also in the holodeck. I w remember I came down with Sprack because uh, I and was Sprack's outside the door. Sprack was outside the door, but we kind of was like, you know what? It's going to be a while before we have this conversation. He was giving quarters. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, okay. I'm I'm down there uh, more for medical expertise because the changeling is a living being, and we're, the whole attempt of this is to yes. cause no discomfort. I'm there for my medical expertise uh, more so that than my engineering. I, I I feel kind of useless to be honest. I'm just kind she of standing there. She and the on the R and D portion of it. Yeah. Uh, Chief and Sol are on the engineering of it. Uh, yeah. Singh is ostensibly also on engineering, but primarily on looking cute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, the ambassador's our project manager. Yeah, we also have my holographic assistant who looks oh, yeah. like Redgrave. Well. Redgrave. Yeah, actually, yeah. we didn't tell Gina that. Nope. <laughs> well, that's, that's come up before. Exio is not aware of it yet. Right. Okay. Okay. So. Lacat, you're going to be here as well. So pretty much everybody is gathering back down in the holodeck three. Lacat and McCrell are the research team. We're on one side of the room while Tech and the captain are on the other. So she already has team five for team research. It's not a competition, Lacat. Get your head out of the game and into the science. You're going to lose. Yes. <laughs> um. So while you're sitting here. Tech, this has already been an incredibly frustrating evening. And as you're going through it, it is a balm to have the senior staff all backing you up, to have the coarse, like, random dark humor of the cat cracking jokes behind you while they're, while she's working with McCrell. It's been nice to hear. Um, it's, it's been, it's up until recently, it was nice to hear the captain and the ambassador having a conversation and challenging each other's ideas as they're coming up with new possibilities as to how to help you build this piece of tech. Um, you're in the middle of exhaling your frustration. Your fingers placed on the cool surfaces of the Elkar system. The soft, gentle, like chirping noises of the computer registering your touch every time you enter new commands. Across from you, of course, is the hologram of Dr. Redgrave, very calmly working. Um, and at one point, you see she goes into her vest pocket and pulls out a cigarette and just starts lighting that thing up and just Andrea, up, up, up. We talked about it. Not when other people are around. It gives the wrong image. 
She pulls the cigarette out of her mouth and says, do you want my best work or don't you? Is it absolutely necessary? In response, she gives you this motherly look and she puts it back in her mouth and goes back to work. <laughs> and under his breath, he just goes back to work and says, I thought I programmed that out. Um, <laughs> right now, someone on the, <laughs> I'm picturing a meme of like XU on the bridge and like the face vibrating of like, <laughs> Quitting is hard. Yeah. <laughs> XUing intensifies. Um, okay. So, um, as you're sitting there and exhaling and you're kind of like, I thought we broke off that habit. Um, on your screen, suddenly you see the screen swipes left as you get a new data packet coming in and a moment passes and all of a sudden you see the readout of the device. It's full schematic blueprints begin to appear on the screen before you um, with just a short message from Captain Sol, be there in a moment. Oh, 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 oh. We got it, we got it. The rest of you, Lacat, you spot it too yeah. coming up on your screen. The unmistakable device created by the Obsidian Order popping up on your screen right now, all the registry like popping in. You're seeing all of the tech schematic, all the tech needs coming in. Uh, yeah, Lakat uh, stares down at it and uh, takes a close look. Okay, so, um, Lakat, I am going to allow you to use your trait Cardassian. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, your racial trait, Cardassian, you immediately have an, a familiarity and understanding of this technology when you're looking at it because so much of your scientific research was done in a post-Dominion War era. You're very familiar with some of the techniques that the Obsidian Order used for sensor data and such. Yeah. The card, you know, you, you've been able to, you, you, as, as a Cardassian, you were able to look at this and be like, Okay, I think I see what they did here. So, um, does so? How does this tech look in compare comparison to the tech from like six years ago? Does it feel like it's been updated at all? Or does no, it, it is relatively the same. Great. No, um, but it is, it, this was highly classified. So, the, and it, it was deployed during the Dominion War, um, successfully. I might add. Um, can I use my trait? Um, as a Cardassian, maybe even do a role for this to like to search for like common like road bumps or like common hiccups that you might run into within these schematics. That may have um, been mistranslated like through like cultural differences. Like when they say meters, they actually mean inches or whatever. <laughs> why don't we do this? Hold yeah. on to that. Because when your turn comes around on the extended tasks, I'll let you burn momentum for that very reason. Beautiful. Great. So um, as you're scanning through it, like all of the noise falls away. Lacat, you're seeing an, uh, a piece of technology that you actually kind of understand where it was going. Um, you're looking at this when you hear the doors of the holodeck open and the ambassador and the captain rejoin everybody stepping into the holodeck. Hail the true hero, the one who negotiated their way into getting us these most glorious of blueprints, I say unto the Huzzah on behalf of our ambassador, Huzzah. Huzzah! You hear tech from the back. I owe you like four bowls of Delta and soup. Oh, I'm so excited. 
Is there any crudite left, or have you consumed all of it? I stress eat, just throwing that out there unrelated. I Does will... rank have no privileges? <laughs> I will replicate us more. <laughs> All's fair in tech and food. Mm, it's fair true. enough, tech. I put my apron back on. That's good nice to see you. <laughs> God, that's a whole mood. That's the battle cry <laughs> of Commander Tech, uh, of Ooh, Chief Commander. Tech. No, I like um, it. <laughs> so, um, all right, so we're going to jump into this extended task now. So the base difficulty of this extended task is three. Resistance is two. The magnitude is four. I am attaching intervals as a time task. However, the success or failure of this is not based on the intervals that I have, the restriction that I have put on you. It is, in fact, based on the restrictions placed upon you by Captain Saul. However, because you guys managed to burn some momentum and juice up the ambassador to basically get the blueprints to this thing, a difficulty, a base difficulty of three makes no sense at this point. So, I'm going to drop it to two. We're going to drop the base difficulty of two. Um, the resistance, however, is staying the same. It's it's an un. This is a, a a new piece of technology from the Obsidian Order. So building this thing is going to be possible now, but it's going to be very delicate procedure. Um, however, the intervals that have been placed upon this extended task were actually imposed to you all by your captain. So to give the audience an idea, this was discussed right before we went live, Captain Sull has decided, once I told everybody what this extended task was going to be, um, the original intervals were going to be nine to indicate nine hours worth of work. However, Captain Sull looking out for their crew and insisting that everyone needs to be rested for the operation tomorrow has imposed a penalty on this extended task, dropping the intervals down to six because they refused to let the crew stay up all damn night working on this when you guys could be going into a hairy situation tomorrow. No, but it's okay. I will take a cat nap. <laughs> you may do such a thing. However, I find myself uh, unable to accomplish such things. Likewise, most of our crew, and we are not about to sacrifice operational readiness on the altar of experimental technology. It that was means... a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Must have gone over my head. Quite an arm on you. You're literally bringing down the universe around you, Bonnie. <laughs> um, Macrell has been practicing her stand-up routine. It's not good. Um, so because of the success of the ambassador getting these blueprints out, the dropping the difficulty down to two is going to really help deal with that interval time limit. So we're going to start with you, Tech. You and Dr. Redgrave are working on the initial parts of this. Now, this is like a base technology role. Now, Dr. Redgrave's specialty is in holographic technology, but that translates to the manipulation of photons and hard light. Some of the tech that this device uses actually uses a bombardment of photonic energy in order to limit and, and restrict the ability for a changeling to take shapes. 
Mm-hmm. No. I'm going to say that that is going to apply here. Um, okay. And so they're going to be assisting you using their science reason skill. Great. I am uh, not going to give them a focus, however. I'm just letting them use their base scientific knowledge of how this works to assist with you. That translates well as it's just a program. It's not the actual person. Right, right, exactly. So, um, And then uh, which uh, attributes and discipline am I using? So you... Huh. This is going to be actually, man. We've I've been wanting to watch tech actually build. Me too. Like this for a while now. Um, this is going to be a delicate task of putting it together. This is a control engineering check. Okay. Which I think you've got that handled, but for her, it's I, a reason. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So base difficulty of two. It does have a resistance of two. So keep that in the back of your mind while you're making your roll here. Right. It's right. Assisting on this. Oh. Is Ross assist? Yeah, I think, or do we only have the one assist in? Well, but Chip assist is its own assist. Oh, I'm counting Doctor Redgrave as the USS Ross assisting. Okay. Okay. Um. um. Although you know, I'm going to counterman that because there is literally an episode of TNG. Jordy, right? <laughs> a problematic episode, but a good episode of TNG where Jordy basically yeah. uses a holographic engineer. Yeah, I and thought about that. The Enterprise. So, tell you what, it's it's basically watching the computer question itself and at it's basically a practice sentience. So it is fulfilling a programming to enact a programming. So I'll allow the Ross to assist on this. Great. On top of the program for Redgrave. Computers engineering, you think? Um. Hmm. Definitely computers. Uh. Yeah, computers engineering. Definitely. Project manager ambassador, would you like to roll for us? <laughs> Project manager. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Redgrave rolls a seven, so that's going to be a success from her. But this all depends on whether or not tech gets successes. Right. So I am going to spend uh, one momentum to add okay. one to my pool. And it's control engineering. Yep. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, what is the, is the complication range uh, changed at all? Yep, complication range twenty. Cool, cool, cool. So we have <laughs> uh, two successes, and one of them falls under my engineering. If my focus on maybe warp field dynamics or transporters and replicators, maybe. Nope. Nope. Okay. That's what I got. So two successes from tech. Okay. And two. And Ross rolled a complication. <laughs> the Ross is the Ross is currently going. Why is my hologram smoking? Oh wait, what? What are we doing? Ah oh, shit. Um. Yeah, okay. basically. God damn it! Come okay. on, wake up. Can um, you roll this way on Thursdays, please? <laughs> okay. Redgrave, however, did roll a success. You are going to beat the difficulty and gain one momentum. Now, Great. you're going to roll your challenge dice. Yes. Do you remember how this works, Sander? Uh, yes. Or okay. I don't remember. I have it written Two down. Two plus discipline. Two plus discipline. So plus I'm at discipline. seven. Mm-hmm. Or if I say seven. Whoops. And... Would you like right. to spend momentum to gain piercing or... Yes, you can spend one momentum and pierce through all the resistance. Do yep. I, and I have to call that before? 
Um, before the roll, yes. Okay, but then yeah. For, for, for piercing, yes. I would ask that you would do that before the roll. Gotcha. So yeah. yes, I will call for piercing. And then, okay. hold on. Finish. Okay, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, um, plus one effect, and uh, two blanks. Okay, uh, so, and you got piercing. And we got piercing, but the, okay. the resistance was only two to begin with. Um, but the piercing brings it down to one, right? So this is a five um, total points with an effect. Uh, okay, so that's going to be five points off the work track. We got six, and then I can you run that through one more time? Because I think we should get six because we pierce, like one momentum is worth two piercing. Oh, that's, that's worth, two worth two piercing. Yeah. So you're not so all six go through. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so you got five. So you're gonna get six work done, correct? Yes. Okay, that's big. That's already you're gonna. That's a breakthrough. Right. So you're gonna get one breakthrough on that. Um. So that also reduces the difficulty to one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. And it is worth noting, though, but because Ross rolled the complication, that's going to take up one and a half intervals. Okay. Can, uh, 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 uh. yep, I think it's worth just taking that. Okay, it's a good start. It's a real good start. So the magnitude is going to drop down to three. Magnitude is three. Uh, base difficulty now is down to one. Down to one. So you guys are in good shape right now. And we've used one full interval with this because we're going to be moving on to the next interval. Uh, we're you, into one and a half due to the complication. You're into one and a half because Ross rolled a complication. So this took an hour and a half worth of work to start off. Copy that. So it's about 1230. It's it's after midnight now. Copy that. Um, so now you and Dr. Redgrave, at one point, the conversation in the holodeck begins to fall quiet as everyone is just super focused on their work. Things up on the bridge, XEO, are also very quiet if you were an organic you imagine you anticipate a high probability of anxiety on the bridge um mostly be organic to be able to tell that right yeah um but yes your program estimates a very high probability that that everyone probably on the ship is is a bit nervous right now but things on the bridge are very quiet you see a lot of some of the pirate activity i should say some of the shipping activity that are coming going from the planet has resumed a fair distance away from where the Ross is stationed. It looks like people are going the long way around to reach the bottom. Not a whole lot of shipping, Not nothing unusual happening. No sign of Nausicaan Raiders. Everything is very quiet as you're sitting in the captain's chair. Um, periodic scans are run as per standard procedure. Um, nothing is coming up on sensors. Everything is very quiet right now. An hour and a half passes of you guys laboring down on holodeck three, assembling this device, replicating the technology, testing it to make sure it works. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to the next interval for this extended task. Now, instead of having you roll again, Xander, we're actually moving on to see how everyone else is contributing. So let's move to Lacat, because right now Lacat is currently chewing on the difficulty of the, the, the you're taking the scientific lens yeah. to this endeavor and how it biologically is going to apply. Now, I will allow McCrell to assist you on this role. Yes. McCrell's knowledge and your knowledge as well of biology, Lacat, it's all coming in handy here. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that what we want to be able to do is that we obviously want to make sure that uh, the changeling doesn't get hurt while we are while we are containing it. And then I also want to make sure that um, I, I I want, if possible, to have it act as a sort of like prison as well in case oh, we yeah. put them in it <laughs> for yeah. a little bit longer. So captain has said it won't take that long but i would like lacat to like build in the possibility that like we might actually have to keep them in there a little bit longer than possible um so uh i turn to mccrell and express this to you uh yes i would like to help make the contraption more comfortable for the changeling or at least not be in there for a while you know i believe so yes especially with the way that things seem to be progressing um if we use this uh technology but also adapt it to where uh, maybe even put the changeling in a, st a stasis so it, it's not it like it's like sleeping so it's sleeping. Having a good time instead it's of. It's using a containment field to essentially re prevent it from sh changing shape. I should tell you something real quick because yeah. you you weren't here when this was actually revealed last week, uh, Raven. Oh. oh. Um, but it has been established that this device is not gentle on the changeling at all. It is absolutely going to harm the changeling. It's not lethal, but it can actually cause damage to a changeling. Some of it permanent. Um, uh, is there is there a way for Jane to take a, so so the damage that it causes is it is it from like a biological aspect like can the, Jane the counteract that in whatever however you can attempt you can attempt to I mean essentially the Obsidian Order was not interested in making a changeling comfortable when they invented this creation yeah so there is there is a place for you here there is a way if you would like to add the Jane LeCat modifications to try to make this so when you essentially paralyze this changeling that it's not going to be so evasive that it might permanently damage it. That That's is, in the fact, goal. the order, just so you know, because that yeah. was an order last episode. Uh, but yeah, that's the orders. Well, thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> yep, yeah. this is not an optional aspect to this. I know that no, it is a little more harmful than I think what we saw, at least on yeah. a short-term interval, per what Eric's describing, than yeah. uh, we saw uh, 10 years ago. But we're making sure. Yeah, we're making sure. Uh, but I want you to know that Jane would have made those modifications okay. on her own as well. Uh, it's called personal growth. Um, but yeah. <laughs> But, but she, like, looks down at these schematics, McCrell, and she's basically, like, and it sounds like she's kind of talking to herself. Um, you know, for the longest time, you would never be able to see these kinds of schematics unless your eyes are meant to see them. And now they're here. Yes, I feel very fortunate to be looking at such a unique piece of technology. That was, of course, invented by the Cardassians. However, uh, it it was never made uh, public to the Federation, so we were never able to use it as well, which would have been, of course, helpful during the Dominion War. And 
now we are able to look at them. How empires fall, huh? Um, I would oh, like- Thanks to the ambassador, of course. To the ambassador. Um, I would like to roll. What am I rolling? Okay, this is gonna be a reason science check for you. Great, and, and for me? Um, for Lisa? you, this is gonna be you implementing what you know. So I'm gonna say for you, it's gonna be medicine. Um, I would say, actually, Bonnie, I would say McCrell is going to roll control medicine here. Excellent. As you refine this device. Um, now the difficulty has been dropped. I'm not gonna add difficulty level because you're trying to modify this device. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of baked into this role. Um, and uh, Sam was kind enough to clarify and remind us that that was an order from the previous episode. Mm -hmm. So um, I will say that um, that has been taken into account. Great. Let's go ahead and make the roll. Um, the base difficulty right now is one. And I'm assuming I can use a focus in xenobiology. Um, ooh, you know? Since I'm trying to attempt uh, to use what I know about the, the bodies of the changelings. That might be tricky because changeling is such an incredibly unique... It does not... So the thing about xenobiology is, is most of the life forms you come across are at least following a familiar pattern of biology that you can apply that school of that that school of training to just about every life form you come across. Changelings mm -hmm. are so unique. But um, I also have a quick study that when attempting a task that would involve an unfamiliar medical procedure or an unfamiliar species, I ignore any difficulty increase, but I guess that wouldn't apply. No, it absolutely applies. Okay. Um, it, it, mechanically, that would not do anything in this particular instance. However, because you have that trait, I'm going to use it narratively. Mm, thank and you. I'm going to say, yes, you can totally use your xenobiology on this. Lovely. Thank you. Yeah. So go ahead and rave. You make your roll first. Two successes. And a crit for McCrell. Yeah. Four. So four total successes. Okay, so gain that momentum. Great. I'm guessing you're gonna to wanna to spin that on piercing to gain piercing too. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes, we can also add more dice for all of those overflow because uh, that's what, three over? Um, three. three overflow? Mm -hmm. So we can just with minimal consequence throw at least two of those into dice and have an overflow left over uh, to reroll work if we need to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so two plus discipline, plus, well, excuse me, four plus whatever, uh, plus your medicine discipline or your science. Uh, your science discipline. So what's what's your science? My science is a five. Okay, so roll. As roll. is my medicine. Uh, you're, you're not gonna be rolling this one, but. Uh, so I'm rolling so nine, correct, Sam? You're rolling, yeah, nine dice. Nice. Which is a monster roll. I work track. Um, let me see. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Um, and I'm looking for it's ones and two. Okay. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, threes and fours don't count. Fives and sixes are um effects, right? Effect. Mm -hmm. uh, Reroll threes and fours since uh, we were working off spillover momentum for that anyway. It costs okay. us nothing to reroll the blanks. Great. Um, ooh, great. That's a one. Um, and that's a two. Wonderful. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine on the ones and twos, and then uh, two sixes and one five. 
Okay, so total work is how much is that? Is that nine, up? Total? nine total. Nine. Yeah. Effects. Dang. Uh, that busts us all the way through the work track. It does. Huh. That's going to give you. That's wow. going to actually. That actually is. So here's the thing. Because because that was a full interval. So total work time mm -hmm. is two and a half hours. Yeah. In two and a half hours, you guys essentially, because the magnitude was three, it was redropped down to two. Mm -hmm. And then you basically just got two breakthroughs, which drops the magnitude to zero and beats the extended task. You guys conquer the extended task. Fill up the work track. You got, you rolled five, which is a breakthrough. You filled up the work track, which is a breakthrough. Now and we can all go to sleep. Those blueprints, uh, lifesavers. Yeah. Um, but I think as as Jane makes these modifications as well, um, I think that like you you feel her, Olin. Um, you're in the room too, right? Or yes, at this point, uh, you feel her go from like this sense of like comfort when she first sees like the schematics to like a sense of pride. Um, it's it's the comfort of knowing something, and then like I'm making it better. Um, and yeah. Uh, I think uh, uh, Olin has just sort of been floating around the room, giving people things that, as they need them, water or stuff like that, making sure everybody's staying hydrated. And then I think uh, as as this is starting to wrap up, um, they are they they kind of edge a little bit closer to Lacat, uh, and as they do, they just sort of uh, gently uh, reach out and um, and take uh, Lacat's hand and, and squeeze it squeezes it and like kind of leans in and whispers, I'm proud of you too. Um, she squeezes back, but um, she's, that's all she's going to acknowledge it because she's stone cold and she doesn't acknowledge feeling. So you get a small squeeze back and she's back to work looking at the schematic. The lot of you work tirelessly for the next two and a half hours and at 0130 hours, the lot of you are assembling this device after replicating it here on the holodeck. What's up, Sam? For the purposes of honesty, uh, I'm obligated to point out, I think we still have uh, one magnitude left on this work track. It What's was four, and so far we've only cracked three. Uh, we cracked one the first time, and we cracked two the second, one by filling the work track and one by getting five. And it wasn't, the magnitude wasn't affected by the blueprints? Or was the that just? The, the uh, magnitude no, the difficulty was. adjusted by the blueprints, not the magnitude. The magnitude was not. Leaving one more, it will be fairly straightforward to do. Okay. Uh, but there is still, like, because, you know, we do absolutely any. So then, what? It'll be work filled on a full work track and we'll get the breakthrough that we need. So, so we can even just, like, I can stay behind and finish it up kind of thing, but just- Let's do this because because it's inevitable now at this point with the difficulty down to what it is at one and with the expenditure of momentum, instead of going through the process, it's easy enough to say, if you guys are willing to just spend one momentum here to get the piercing effect and one momentum to fix the interval, we can say that it takes another additional 30 minutes and you guys need. I would like to add, um some story flavor to that if you don't mind sure yeah 
So with everything going so smoothly, um, Tech has found this rhythm with his holographic assistant. He looks over and sees everybody um, sort of busy and, and active, uh, and then actually locks eyes with the captain uh, and walks over after everything is sort of being completed and just uh, says, you know, the ambassador really came through and everybody's just working at top efficiency, Captain. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I guess we don't really need you after all. What sweeter words can a captain hear than that they are completely superfluous? <laughs> I mean, you might want to take this time to get some rest. It's going to be a big day tomorrow, and I think we really got this covered. And I feel like you're here because I asked you to. Well, in all fairness, I like working on experimental technology, and you knew that. So, and... I think, again, no, in fact, purely as punishment for eating the crudite. You're dismissed. I finish it up. Get out of here. Sleep. Aye, <laughs> sir. And Tech actually sort of like, you see this relief wash over his body as he uh, slum like lumbers out of the, the holodeck, not even acknowledging anybody else. And stay out. <laughs> Does the captain order everybody out? <laughs> Yeah, I think they'll probably actually finish it up uh, on their own. There's only uh, one certainly not so that they worry on their own. Of, there's only but, one you know. can't order out of the holodeck. My ship. Yeah, but I can politely decline, can't I? If you would like me uh, to make this an order. Point <laughs> <sighs> pips. Pulling pips. <laughs> I think Olin just sort of gives you a very long look <sighs> and raises an eyebrow at you and very begrudgingly leaves the holodeck and is not happy about it. Um, Captain, in the silence as you're sitting there uh, finishing up the last of this device as everyone has dispersed, um, the hologram of Dr. Redgrave moves in front of you and leans up against the desk as she's smoking a cigarette and she just goes so how do you feel about everything oh i thought this was really your daughter's forte are we getting into uh counseling now mm, no i really don't want to know anything about you that i don't already know I and she reaches and pulls the face up of Dr. Redgrave. And underneath it, you see the familiar face of an omnipotent being that welcomed himself into your quarters when you were first setting out to the Shackleton Expanse. He just gazes at you from under this hologram that's been peeled away from his face, and he looks at you and he goes, are you creeped out? Mm. I put it back. Not up. Okay. Maybe next time, I'm sure. Just I'm going to leave explain the death stick, though. Filthy habit. You see him discard these photons that just scatter into light um, and immediately get reclaimed by the holodeck. However, keeping the body of Redgrave. And he moves around the side of this computer console and then lays across the workspace that we were just using. 
and just says, so how's it going? Notice you weren't in Shackleton. You're supposed to be in Shackleton. Oh, orders, orders. Yes, orders, orders. There's a lot going on, Captain. I really need you in Shackleton. I couldn't agree more strongly, and yet the interference we encounter, we petty mortal beings. Oh, that's right. This political atmosphere of yours, the intrigue, the drama between the victorious powers of the quadrants. Ah, uh, if only you didn't eat it up. Celebrating their place on top of the hill. A messy cue who lives for drama, you. Can't fool me. Um, yes, I can. I've done it before. Assuredly. So, what brings you to this hollow deck? Unless you want me to draw you like one of my French queue. I'm curious about a few things that have been happening around the activities of the USS Ross. Happy to answer any questions from omnipotent beings. Well, it has a lot to do with your first officer, actually. Really? Yeah. So, I wasn't going to bring this up initially, because obviously there's a lot of drama going on there. Your first officer's got some unresolved mama issues. Don't tell her I said that. I know how temperamental she gets when you bring up the mom. She hops down and just says, but here's the deal. Redgrave... No, I can't tell you. Red, I should tell you. Red, no, I shouldn't tell you. Oh, I, I wouldn't ask it of you. Redgrave cheated on more than one level. She's been cheating a lot. You see, the Federation is eventually going to understand how to make holographic technology, and it's going to be wonderful. You're going to have uh, curators to museums who you can very politely dismiss whenever you want, and we'll lead you through an archive. It'll be beautiful, trust me. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. The Federation's going to be doing great, but here's the problem with that. And I'm going to be blunt with you, Captain. Exio is a little too ahead of her time. I always found her precocious. That too. Temporal uh, shenanigans, then. <laughs> it's not just Dominion technology at work here. And I don't want to give anything away because, you know, the Federation's done a good job of bearing this kind of shit. But I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now that your government does not have a very happy history with AI and holographic technology. We were hoping you're on the Roth to take care of some of that, provide a better example. You guys are doing good with that. And can I just say, the doctor, handsome as he is, good step in the right direction. But I'm here to let you know, Captain. Hmm. Wrap this up as quickly as you can and get your butt back to Shackleton. I see. Could you do that for me? I've got a bet with the Continuum, and right now, you're kind of costing me points. Well, I mean, if it were anybody else, I don't really know what I would say, but if it's you, well, all right, I will do as my superiors in Starfleet order me because I am an officer of Starfleet and of the Federation queue. If I had something to tell them, of course, I'm sure those orders could be expedited, but otherwise, my 
poor little low-ranking mortal hands are tied. Well, can't say I didn't try. Mm. And you're alone in the holodeck. And the hologram of Dr. Redgrave is intact, unaware of anything that's happening. And she's typing away on the computer and just says, this will be done in just a moment, I believe. And then you can get back to captaining. Thank, thank you, Dr. Redgrave. Looking at her with different eyes right now, Captain, you see she is fulfilling the personality matrix that has been loaded into that program. She is every sense of the word Dr. Redgrave right now working on this project. But with Q's bizarre visit and warning lingering in the back of your mind, you aren't sure about the woman that's standing in front of you right now. She very calmly just types away on the console. Um, a few moments later, you hear some chirps coming out of the computer indicating that the replication assembling process is complete. And at about that point, you see one of these panels on the wall just go slides open and the device sitting inside this sort of cone looking it, it almost <laughs> the best way to describe it is it sort of just looks like your version of this device looks like sort of like a big metal pill sitting in a, a, a like a, a containment unit it just kind of sits there it almost looks like a large grenade used to deploy and will do the job is it about that size like yeah like a dragon mm -hmm. egg yeah, essentially. Like a pill-shaped... <laughs> put it in terms that I an ostrich egg. It's about yeah. the size oh. of an ostrich egg, but it's pill-shaped. So it looks like it's big enough to hold kind of like this, and you activate it. Good work, team. What time is it? Right now, it's about 2 a.m. So holds it and gets up, leaves, and intends to go to the bridge and is at that level of not quite keeping their eyes open mm -hmm. and decides that operational readiness is the better part of valor, uh, makes a note in files to meet uh, for XEO to meet as soon as operationally possible. And right. then zonks real good. You slide into the bed and pull the sheets up to you. Overhead, Captain, of course, is the windows gazing out into deep space. You keep catching a few of the light rays coming from that trinary star system that's not far from this particular planet. Um, casting these beautiful rays coming through the the port windows. Um, <laughs> I might, no, no, I shouldn't do that. Do it. I'm gonna spin threat. Do it. And I'm going to give Captain Sull a difficult night's sleep and give them a trait. I'm gonna spend two threat. And give I'm so you... glad I didn't call a scene with Axio to try to allay <laughs> this possibility. I'm yeah. so glad I did the good thing and went to bed, only for the bad thing to happen. Yeah. Caution is rewarded with nothing. 
with Remember the GM that. spending his Next threat economy. Next time I do the bad idea, it's because it would have been bad anyway. <laughs> Remember that. So, okay. tomorrow, when the next scene begins, you'll have trait tired one. All right. Which will increase the difficulty of tasks by one until the trait is removed, which is probably easy enough to do, which is probably easy enough to do with a, with a spray from the doctor, to be honest. I was about to say, just... It's the well, 21st it'll century. It'll to invoke a, trait, uh, a trait. Uh, so making my life harder will make everyone else's life easier. It's <laughs> true. Very true. <clears throat> Assuming the Jemandar aren't giving me all the threat I want from injuring people. But mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> With the lethal so, quality, there are only so many hits they even need to give. How much threat do they accumulate when it's so easy to kill us? It's true. I like I like the struggle for the glass half full aspect of what's going on. No, it's um, so worse than you thought. Yeah. So Ever. Captain Soul So Captain Soul, you lay in bed. Um there's just been so many so many bizarre variables that have been introduced into your life in the past week. Um what is your relationship with Nalus Re? And does the Admiral, is he really, is he selling you out or is he fulfilling a duty? And could you understand it now that you're on the outside? Is that something Sol would understand if he told you that? Um, what does it mean? What did Q mean about Exio? And what's going to happen tomorrow? Because tomorrow, if things go down and they don't go down smoothly, which is a very real possibility, you might lose someone. Tomorrow's away team could be dangerous. Could be you. It's one of those moments that you have come across a few times as a captain of a starship, but this particular time just feels frustratingly familiar to you. It's one of the reasons why you, if I remember correctly, when we discussed Sol, wanted the center chair of an exploration vessel on a diplomatic ship. It was a new chapter for Captain Azari Sol. A reward. You were finally going to become the captain that you always wanted to be. You were finally going to become that Starfleet captain that explored strange new worlds. Why does this feel like the Dominion War all over again? And why does it feel like you're still an intelligence operative? And that is where we're going to stop to take our break a little early tonight. So we're going to be back in about 10 minutes where we get to the second half of Farther From Home and its supposed final episode. So stay tuned. We'll be back in 10 minutes, y'all. Clear skies. And we are going to jump back into where we left off where Captain Sol had a very troubling night's sleep. We're starting the next scene off early morning about 7 a.m. on the ship, and this is about the time where senior staff is up and moving around to prepare for their day. Right now, in 10 forward, as some of the uh, gamma shift is settling down for the day and ending their routines, the cat, you enter 10 forward for the I would say the cat. This place is a good place to grab breakfast when, especially when the breakfast, breakfast around here for Alpha Shift, mm-hmm. it, it's usually just like a great atmosphere to calm the nerves. It's the sure. start of the day. 
The other shift is wrapping up, so you can hear the socializing take place there, but some of the new people are coming in to get a Rakticino or something to start them off for the day, um, to catch the news, like what's the scuttlebutt, that kind of stuff. Um, this morning's a little unique though, because as you step in and see Solon doing what Solon does, starting off the day as well, dismissing the other bartender, noticing you, um, I know I'm gonna get the question, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. You know. What is he wearing? Today, Solon is actually wearing something very form-fitting. This is uh, starting from the wrist all the way to their torso and down. It could be, it could be almost, it, it almost looks like a very form-fitting dress that goes from a turtleneck all the way down. But in fact, when it reaches about the waist level is when it billows out and becomes, again, what looks like something much more uh, a relaxed style. Um, and indeed, it looks very similar to multiple strips of delicate cloth dangling around the waist so that it forms into what would appear to be multiple skirt-like uh, like apparel being worn underneath. It looks a little more casual than you're no, used to seeing Solon. There's no flair. It looks a little more comfortable. Can they have um, their own fashion line already, please? Please. please. Um, all right. Uh, Jane's gonna go ahead and any empty tables that are far away from people? Not a lot of empty tables, but there is one table um, with only one person sitting at it, and that is the Cation Doctor, who is currently seated in the middle of Tin Forward by herself. Um, McCrell is down here already, um, sipping what looks like a fresh, hot cup of tea that has steam wafting up above the rim. Um... All right then. So Jane is gonna order a hot cup of water um, from Solin. Uh, good morning. You good look morning. Thank you. You look quite lovely yourself. What can I get you? Just a hot cup of water. The regular, but hot. You got it. You doing all right this morning? Yeah. There's a lot of people in this trip that seem really nervous right now. How are you doing? Not nervous, if that's what you're asking. That was uh, what I was asking. Good for you. She's gonna take the cup of water. Thank you. <clears throat> you're welcome. Uh, she's gonna head over to McCraw. She likes to keep her conversation short with Solon, um, is, is what I have noticed. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think that Jane likes to avoid Solon because Solon has a very good ability to like get into people real fast. And Jane's like, I'm not even gonna touch that. Yeah, that I will be like, I am the weaker one in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so we're just gonna get in and get out. And so that's how she handles every situation with him. And that's what she's just here. Thank you. Thank you for my hot cup of regular water. Have a good day. You look great. Gonna go find McCrell. The Vulcan gives you a knowing smile underneath the long bangs that kind of fall down in front of him, making them look very anime as per usual. Um, they kind of just stare at you for a little bit moment longer, almost to like playfully acknowledge that you're bailing out as usual. And they turn back to their duties, um, headed back over to um, one of the other customers that's just approached the bar and very, very warmly addresses them. And they, yeah, and I think, I think that Jane sees that look and almost goes to challenge it and then realizes that like now is not the time 
so for another day, Solon. Um, okay. She takes the hot cup of water. Uh, she goes to sit down with Macrell, and from her pocket, she pulls out a, um, a like a, a, a I'm gonna say a wrapped package and places it in front of Macrell. Um, from the Arboretum. Uh, I think I was supposed to give this to you last week, but it was a little crazy. Um, you know, I've never had any before. Uh, so I got some hot water. I'm, should I put this in my tea? I see you drink it all the time. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, quick question. Um, before we start this scene, would McCrell know that she's going on the away mission today? already um i don't would, captain captain would mccrell know that well will i do you know like am uh, i already like am i aware that i'm going on the away mission with you today? yes uh you've been briefed okay uh, um well, we can assume that like various briefing for what's happening tomorrow happened sure. while we were all working for hours on end it probably slipped that like tomorrow is a time that exists excellent um, then, LaCat, you notice that McCrell is not drinking her usual tea. It's, it's chamomile. It's chamomile. Huh. Okay. What is the normal tea? <laughs> <laughs> she needs to stay sharp today. <laughs> I, uh, it, yeah, you just, it's just an observation that you realize that it's just, um, not the usual herb that is usually okay. tea. Um, you know, last week, Commander Prawl accused me of not being very good at not knowing things. So I want you to know that I am not asking what exactly those leaves do to your tea. But know that I really want to know. The, are you, you're talking about the diarapelli leaves of, that oh. I usually drink? It's a very rare herb uh, that I grew up with my father. You would probably not like it. it. It's an acquired taste, but it is nostalgic for me as well. I grew up drinking it. Huh. I... I'm trying something new today. It's not bad. What is it? Do you like to It's chamomile. Chamomile. Yes. Ugh. Uh, Mouthful. Yes, it, it, it's it's nice, I guess. Yes. Well, um, here's to today's away mission. She holds up her hot cup of water, and I I clink it. May we catch a changeling? Yes. In a very humane way. I have. Let's. Uh, go fishing for a changeling. I tried to make a rhyme. It didn't work. It almost did. But, you know. There you go. Is there something I can help you with, Laquette? You don't normally uh, join me in my morning. And Laquette sits there for a second. Um, and says, did you have trouble sleeping last night, too? Not necessarily, no. Um, I'm looking forward to... Uh, 
doing my duty today. I couldn't sleep last night, and from her bag, she's gonna pull out the data pad uh, that has that Azumi Shanto gave her. Uh, I'm gonna say a few weeks ago. Um, Macrell, mm. I. When I am left to my own devices, <laughs> in my defense, I was left unsupervised. Um, I. I had to know. I had to know what happened to Tech's brother. After what I said, I I don't know how to make things right. And so I thought maybe this was the way. Um, I haven't read this yet. And I'm kind of scared too. Will you read it with me? Of course. I actually know exactly what is on the report because I was the one who gave it. Excuse me? And she's gonna she's gonna flip open that report right now that she's been so scared to read, and she's gonna check and see if it is by McCrell. The I will I will tell you exactly what it says. It, okay. Very, um, are, I'm assuming you're looking for his reason of death? Honestly, I'll take anything. Like Kat likes to know, but reason oh, of death oh. is a great place to start. Here uh, we I'll, go. So on the file, it says, um, you know, uh, Ray, under Reiku's file um, with, with deceased, and it says, um, it gives an explanation of that he was on a shuttle with medical supplies mm -hmm. um, on a mission to go get help uh, okay. for Dr. McCrell, and, and the shuttle was shot down. During, it was during the Dominion War, we were on the front lines and um, the shuttle was destroyed. That That is what the, basically what so the, summarizing meaner, what the file report says. A meaner person would say that you are to blame for his death. A meaner person would say this. Not Jane, but she looks at this and she goes, so you knew him well. Yes, um, Tech's brother, Reiku, worked under me during the Dominion War and we were stationed together many times. The day he died, I should have been on that shuttle with him. I was not. I... How often do you think about it? A lot. Reiku was a very skilled doctor. And I wanted him to be remembered that way. Huh. You're doing a great job. As a doctor. Oh, thank you. Um, I have never built something with kindness in mind before. And yesterday, when we did that, it was, it was the first time. Um, 
Anyway. Do you think we should show this to Tech? Tech already knows how his brother died. It was common knowledge. It's in his file. We, I was there at the funeral. They did a wonderful, wonderful remembrance of his life. I, I, I don't know. It's stupid. I don't know why I went out and tried to find this. I, I, I don't know what I hope to gain. Um, it's stupid. Um, and it's she's gonna. She, she's gonna take up the um. The data pad and put it back in her back in her bag, and um. I'm sure you must think about the Dominion War a lot still. Every day. Ever run Those into kind of memories stick with you. Yeah, I do. Is this your first time running into a changeling? No. I didn't have many interactions with changelings, of course. Um, mostly on the medical side, I was dealing with the injured. Um, but I saw what they did. What their commands did to everyone. The fact that yesterday you and I adapted the technology to cause the changing less harm is an admirable thing that we can both be proud of. Because in all honesty, I could have cared less. Me too. And as a doctor, that is not a thing to say that I am proud of. I know that your kind also suffered immensely. Looking, seeing you trying to reach out to Tech makes me very happy. I told you Tech's brother was a wonderful doctor. But sometimes he lets the hate overcome his oath to heal. Hmm. Do you think that was because of him or because of his circumstances? Because if I had to take a guess, it's probably the latter. It was because of the war. Yeah. Yeah. When you have when you have that kind of rage and anger inside of you, sometimes it can overcome your true self. Oh, okay. So I think that. <laughs> Jane has a threshold and it, of, of like how personal you can get before she like hits a wall mm -hmm. and I think that this conversation has just like hit that point and so you see her kind of like grow smaller in on herself like fold into her chair a little bit um hide behind her cup a little drink her water 
um, clear her throat and go, well, good, good thing I don't have any problems with that, huh? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to today. I'm looking forward to catching a chain, like I said, in the humane way. Yes. And, yeah. Let's do this. And look at. She, like, pauses because she's afraid you're going to make it personal again and she doesn't want to hear it, but you are her friend, so she's going to stay and listen. And regarding Tech, just be there for him as a friend. His brother's death is a sensitive subject, and let him remember them the way that he remembers him. You don't need to open old wounds. You see her nod, but that's it. I'll see you later. I'm finishing my tea. My tea, hot water, since you won't let me have any of those leaves. Oh, Wait. Oh, so I, I, just so I'm aware, what 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 leaves did you put in front of me from the in the? Bathroom? Oh, I I gave you some of the leaves from the arboretum that let you have oh. me grow mysterious leaves. <laughs> oh, they're so they're my leaves. They're, they're my... your leaves. <laughs> I grow okay, them. okay, that's what I was like. The dirapelli leaves. Got it. Got it's it. One of those things that appears in your inventory, and when you mouse over, it just says mysterious leaves. Mysterious <laughs> <You're> like, leaves. <laughs> <laughs> do I double click this? Do she I really want to know, but she's like, also, like, I have so many things that, like, figuring out what McCrell's crazy leaves are is not. Um, unfortunately, yeah. cat, because you are a Cardassian and you are suspicious by nature, I'm going to need you to make a command insight check. Yes. And McCrell. Yes. <clears throat> um,. Okay, command, inside. Uh, no, no, this is not going to be contested. This is going to be a difficulty one roll. Well, shit. <laughs> um, well, it's a good thing it's a difficulty one roll because I got a one. One success? Yeah. Okay. Um, it doesn't occur to you until after you've stepped out of step uh, 10 forward with your T. And... It's about that moment when you're moving down the corridor past all the ox crew that nod to the lieutenant as she's making her way towards the turbo lift. Um, as always, during this hour and during the duty shift, um, the, the corridors of the USS Ross are usually filled with crew um, taking on their duties and leaving their duties at the same time. So you're hearing a lot of conversation, people greeting each other, wishing each other luck for the day, checking in, that kind of thing. Um, it's enough to get lost in for a split second. It kind of like, again, just like the tea, kind of just soothes the nerves to see the family of the USS Ross doing what it is they do, what they're out here to do. Um, a bunch of the civilians moving throughout, a couple of people nodding to you. You've uh, a few people you recognize from the betting pools. Um, and as you approach the turbo lift and you hear the standard chime of Yeoman Shanto um, ordering senior staff to report to the bridge, um, as you get into the turbo lift with a few of the other officers that are going to various parts of various decks on the ship, um, as the turbo lift begins to close, you can't help but feel like McCrell just told you, please don't dig any further. Oh no. Um, and Jane sits there and thinks, 
that last that last phrase that she said to you when you left it seemed so polite at first and obviously to take care of tech but as the doors close you realize no mccrell was actually telling you leave this alone and jane in her mind as she stands in that turbo lift thinks um damn it the only way to get me to do something is tell me not to do it and so <laughs> around to hear the way she <laughs> Horses under her breath. Um, right before the turbo lift doors close, as this is occurring to you, you're shaken out of your you're shaken out of your your moment of realization as you look up with the tea in your hand, and your brow furrows as you cock your head to the side. This is all just happening instinctively. Because for a split second, for a fraction of a second, running across the corridor. You hear the gas surprise of people as a glitching hollow matrix materializes what looks like a very large geese running right across the corridor, which vanishes immediately, causing people to go, what the He just like scrambles right across the corridor and then vanishes. And the doors close as everybody in the turbo lift leans close and like, what? And he goes, shh. Up on the bridge. <laughs> Yeah, Jane's got no words. <laughs> She's got no words for once. Um, up on the bridge, senior staff is gathering um, in the uh, briefing room. Um, Asmi Shanto is there, standing uh, just a few feet behind you, Captain. Um, it takes a few moments for senior staff to arrive. Not too long after senior staff assembles and takes their seats, the door opens. And stepping into the door, it, um, looking very uncomfortable, is Sprack, followed by Avorda and two Jim Hadar, along with a changeling, um, Lee. Everybody enters the room. So, Lakat, this will mark the first time you've oh. actually been in the same room with them. Um, this will mark the first time you've been within like five feet of them. Cool. You see, you see this Vorda. Cool. Like, Immediately see this Vorda followed but flanked by two Jim Hadar soldiers. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm assuming we're all in it's senior staff, so we're in there as well. Yes. What's up, XEO? I just want to clarify something. I was under the impression that the Vorta and the second were in Brig at the moment. Were they not uh, under house? They aren't Brig. They were, they were currently under a close quarters uh arrest. So the fact that they are there, I suppose rationalizes the Chloros check I just blew through. No, 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 hold on. So I, I, I was assuming that for this operation, you're gonna want everybody who was involved in the operation. If yes. you don't want that, then they're not there. I do, and uh, the Vorda and the second were not invited. Okay. Um, that I had the Vorda first give that order to uh, the second when we split. Uh, <laughs> because the Vorda isn't there going to be involved in the operation because the Vorda is themselves a non-combatant. The second is being dispatched to keep guard on the Vorta in this uh, perilous environment full of non-Dominion officers. So we should roleplay that then, because Lee is going to want to know why the second Jim'Hadar warrior is being restricted from combat. Mm -hmm. So- but No Vorta in this room. No, so we're gonna, we're gonna rewind a little bit because it looks like there's an alteration to the scene. So before we set this up, um, you're going to have to basically, you're going to have to, to explain that to the changeling, sure. Captain. 
because the changeling is going to show like the vorda you're right that's easy to to dictate the changeling however is going to want to want to know why one of their elite soldiers is being kept out of this operation um is ren in this room when we get to it yes everyone in your staff will be here so right now it's captain on a view screen with the changeling in her quarters and Lee the Orion woman kind of cocks her head a little bit and she says I'm not sure I follow your logic captain why do you need a Jim Hadar to guard a Vorta if you are acknowledging that the Jim Hadar is the Vorta is a non-combatant why would you keep one of their most powerful soldiers aboard your ship because it seemed leaving aside that it seemed to me ill-advised purely to the Vorta to be surrounded by Federation without any backup from his own people. The Vorta will do as I tell him. If I tell him to sit in a single chair and not move for three days, he will do it. Understood. Please also understand, things happened before you got here. And those have consequences in themselves aboard my ship. So you're saying the second is under arrest? No. But then I fail to see why the second would have to remain behind not compulsory. Merely an offer. Then I'm going to say that the second, who is under my command, shall attend. Very well. Well, I'll see you at this morning's briefing, then. Good. The communication cuts off. Prawl, who's standing just a few feet away from you on the other side of the desk, is not saying anything. He's just looking at you. And he says, Captain, I'm a Starfleet officer. That comes first. Yes. I won't forget that. But I've served, Captain. Do you want stun settings, sir? Yes. Then there will be stun settings, sir. Very good. Yes. It's not an ideal environment. It puts the numbers unfavorable, but it is better than tipping our hand right now. Agreed. There wasn't much we could do. She would have she would have known something was up. Yes wasn't worth the risk, but it is profoundly unfortunate. So, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, as we head into the meeting, just to set the task to Jim Hadar 
because the circumstances are incre- the threat of the circumstances have increased because you guys are about to go into this scene i'm actually going to award myself one threat because of this this uh that's being included in the scene now when everyone is gathering into the into the room and everyone's gazing at the Jim Hadar and Lee as she steps into the room and takes her seat at the other end of the table. For a fraction of a second, you catch the look of Elkan looking at you, Captain, and Exio. Just eyes dart between the two of you and then resume a normal neutral. Um, Elcat doesn't say anything, just kind of looks at the two of you very briefly and then starts looking straight ahead again. But it's almost like an acknowledgement, Captain. It's almost just like a silent acknowledgement. Um, the second acknowledges the two of us. The first, no, the first. acknowledges the two of you. And, and Exio, at this point, you would have definitely been filled in on the conversation that the captain had with the first. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. so it's quiet at the table for a moment. When Lee says, shall I begin, Captain, or would you like to start? I'll start. The plan in brief, we've coordinated with Tiraz's forces on the ground, as well as our own tactical, uh, headed by Lieutenant Commander Prawl. They will provide the bulk of the ground assault on Kanal. That will itself be desirable for capturing the objective, but is not the thrust of our mission. That will come from the second team, consisting of myself, Lee, the first and second, and our doctor, Krell. That you, team you. will be in a small craft for a stealth insertion into this point here, while the ground forces have diverted away all guards. It will provide us our best shot at infiltrating quietly and taking out under minimal guard. Uh, we have further spacefaring concerns with the USS Ross. I cut my eyes to crawl real quick. But those are secondary to our own objective and mainly to ensure the security of the insertion team. Is this concern related to the Nausicaan raiders that have attacked the USS Ross, Captain? Among others, there are too many ships in this area, and although I think we have cowed them somewhat, if they ever remember strength in numbers, it would not fare well for us, particularly from small craft. For that reason, we have independent contingencies. She nods slowly. Um, Prawl is glancing at you at the table, Captain. His head angled a little bit away so that he can't be seen by the Dominion. But it's enough that you can get from the clenching of his jaw. Exio, you can read him like a book. And Ambassador, you can also feel Prawl is not happy he's not in that shuttle with the Captain. He is very not happy. And it looks like it's news to him. So he just sits there very quietly and he clenches his jaw over and over and over. And you feel, uh, Olin, you feel this intense anger that he is 
putting a saddle on and <laughs> like just keeping it still. Knew he like, would hate this one. Knew he would hate it. Is yeah. necessary. She has to feel like the numbers are on her side when she makes her move. Um. And at that point, Lee stands up in her chair and just says, I have some rudimentary intelligence regarding what we're going to be going into. The caves are obviously surrounded by Kelvinite, which you all know is disruptive to the transporters. She moves over to the computer on the wall where um, as she moves up next to it, Shanto reaches up and your yeoman presses a few buttons on the glossy black screen and what you see is a layout that looks like it's been prepared. And she says, his layers relatively well defended. As you can see here, there's plenty of outcroppings from overhead that would give a cave structure the semblance of having a pretty solid ceiling. But in fact, there are numerous areas where sharpshooters can attack people entering from down below. I, however, thanks to the help of my Orion friends down below, have uncovered an entrance just here. When she points at it on the screen, what you're looking at, Captain, you immediately, your mind starts going into, this is probably how she gets in and out. Um, it's incomplete. According to her, it leads to the outside as she's like showing this digital layout. But she takes everyone basically through the motions of what it's going to be to sneak in, essentially the, 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 the house's back door to ambush them as it were. But what you do notice, Captain, and everybody at the table looking at the readout is that this doesn't look like a particularly big structure. In fact, Asmi and indeed Prawl, who have combat experience, both you, Asmi, Prawl, and you, Captain, um, as the three of you are all looking at this, there's some glances that get exchanged between all of you just kind of very quickly because you all kind of have the same thought. And I'm gonna go ahead and give this to you. <clears throat> there is no way this is a hideout. It's too small. It has, it has, it looks, it looks a little too exposed. There's really nowhere to set up inside this thing. It looks like a pretty, a pretty pathetic attempt at trying to find a good ambush spot is what it looks like. And anybody who wouldn't know any better you're looking at this and <laughs> Captain, I'll give you this much because because Azri's been through it. You look at this and you begin to realize, oh man, she thinks I'm an amateur. Good, it's working. Yes. Excellent. Because you guys, thanks to Exio's amazing role, this changeling, this founder, thinks she is in total control of the situation, and that is very clear from what she's presenting you guys up on this board. Uh, looking at it with, oh, sorry. Uh, I, I just want to maybe possibly add a few more, few, few bits more possible information in there. Yeah. Since I was on base for quite a while and roaming around and taking the lay of the land, and I have a pretty clear schematic in my brain, do I know the areas that she's that she is showing right now? Do I recognize it? Yes, you do. Or, what this do I is, know that, that space actually is that I can tell the captain later? This is not far from Zaz, uh, sorry, <laughs> Taraz's hideout. Yeah. 
I've, I've made the Zazret mistake twice so far. <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> Taraz, Taraz's hideout. Um, it, it is, it is not, it, this has a very similar layout. You've seen the cave structures like this before. Yeah. Um, this is not far from that cave structure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll digest yeah. that. Okay. Uh, looking at it with a technical sense, can I get the sense of any particular locations in this ambush point where I might expect her to make the move? Like, where's our nice blind corner or our dog leg or, like, where's she gonna do this fucker? Um... If she tries to get you into that chamber, and if that's the ambush point, then it means there's going to be more than a couple of people waiting for you. She might have the Nausicans or whoever she's got on standby ready for you. Um, what's not been made clear is where Taraz and his forces are. And what's not clear are the corridors leading to this area. Do I have that information? Hmm. Um, ooh, tell you what. Because I, yes, we spend the momentum. My entire existence. You spend two momentum, and I'll make that true. I'll make it so Exio mapped that. I was mapping every face I encountered, so I would be mapping every turn I encountered and how to get back. So, so Exio, you're looking at this. You're looking at this digital readout, and you're realizing she's altered some of the details of getting into this cave. Yeah. It, um, I'm gonna say make. Uh, ooh, this is good. Make an insight presence check. I'm sorry. Make an insight. No. Uh, make command. an insight command check. In addition to spending the um, momentum. Uh, yes, because that's giving. This is to give you additional information. Got it. I want to see if I want to see if Exio can actually suss out. What's the difficulty? So we can. Uh, the the difficulty of this is two. And uh, insight command, correct? Insight command, yeah. Um, may I buy one die? Here? I don't know what momentum we're at, actually. Uh, uh, we we're at just three now. If, yeah. if you buy a die, we're at three. Or if you, yeah. uh, we should be at two, because we just spent two f- to create that advantage. I took two. I th- maybe I was miscounted. I'm also at two momentum okay. in my pool right now, after Jin okay. had spent one. Yeah. Got cool. it. I really need to buy my own dice and, and momentum set. I haven't done it yet. I need to. Uh, well, to be fair, they're all sold out. Star Trek Adventures and Isa. <laughs> they're all sold out. Dear um, Star Trek Adventures, I would like dice and momentum, please. Beam them over. Um, what'd you get? Uh, I got a one, so so no. <laughs> okay. So you're looking at this readout. Um, you could show this to the captain if you have a moment alone with them, but you have the rest of this readout in your head. It's been altered, but you know that cave structure. It's not far from Taraz's hideout. And maybe Sol can suss it out. You don't see any obvious points for an ambush, but you do know that she's changed things. She's lying about what she's showing you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She finishes the briefing, and then after that, she moves over to reclaim her seat at the table. As she's moving over to reclaim her seat at the table, her gaze lingers 
almost a full three seconds on Raven Ace character, the cat. She glances over at you. The cat, you know you're looking at a founder. You know you're looking at a changeling. You see the beautiful pale green eyes of a intense looking Orion woman, but you know, you know that those eyes belong to another life form and she lingers on you. No facial expression change at all. She lingers on you just long enough before she resumes her chair. And I think when we were first on the shuttle, um, there was there was some like, it, Jane was just looking at the dashboard and like nothing else. But this time she does not look away. Okay. So your dark eyes follow her green eyes. The two of you lock together and she resumes her chair. And says, that's all I have. Good. We're going to prepare our team to rendezvous with the ground forces. That'll take a little bit of time, not too much, I hope. And we'll send the insertion team very shortly thereafter. So as soon as your people are ready, please shuttle back. Very well. I look forward to working with you. You're doing the right thing, Captain. You're helping a lot of people down there. I am following Starfleet protocol, nothing more. She rises and following her out, the two Dominion Jemadar soldiers just walk after her. Security immediately flanks in behind them as the door closes. Prawl immediately turns to you and says, Captain, permission to speak freely. Quickly, you don't have much time. Captain, I need to be in that shuttle with you. No. Sir, this is a no. violation of regulation. Then I'm I going to- ask you to file a complaint. He glances over at Exio. Um, Exio has already stood up from the table and has um, started working. Um, and uh, when you, um, she is not listening to, to Prawl um, being upset and, um, and is working. And then um, you can tell that her whole body is doing work. And, yeah. and then, um, a few seconds later, I'm sure Prawl is trying to get me to back him up, right? Yes, he's looking um, at you like... Um, and at, does he make a sound? No, he just oh, glances. Okay. He just, he very obviously shoots a glance at you. Waiting um, for you, like he's expecting you to back him. Like he's expecting you to fill in the gap here. Yes. Um, and uh, half a second later, Exio looks up and goes, I'm sure I don't need to tell you that that was a false hideout. I have the actual schematics, and I up uh, the uh, a hologram emission of my viewpoint walking through those tunnels. Um, um, this is my version of the events. You see it upload into the hologram into a 3D version of what you just saw on the screen, and it begins to rotate slowly and center in the table. That gets everyone's attention. Especially in the background, for a spec, breaking this tension, you hear across the table, Vryn just goes, oh, that's so good. I do not know adequate 
ambush points, but I do know that some of that replication was falsified in the report. Roll, Captain Saul. Do you have anything in tactics or anything like that that you could use here? Uh, I have clandestine skills. That's kind of my thing. Okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> Prawl certainly does. I'm going to set this at a difficulty three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this a insight security check. Prawl can spend momentum too. Do you want him to spend momentum? I think this uh, is important. Yeah, we have two left, but this is important, I feel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. May, may, I, may I assist in a way, not in aiding of that, but helping him with uh, specifying my program for him to um, sort of get the proper angle to make a proper assessment with the model that I made. Okay, I'll let you use a command roll to assist. Okay. Um, okay, so three die, and so you, Exio, you're gonna make a presence command check here. Okay. All right, here we go. Come on, Prawl. I made you for this stuff. Show me what you got. Um, okay. What'd you get? <laughs> Is that a <laughs> one? Nice. Woo. Um, that's six successes. <laughs> what was the difficulty again? Uh, difficulty was three. So now we have, we're back up to four. Yeah. Thank you, Prawl. And... Prawl looks at this and goes, right there. That's where she's going to do it. And he points at one of these corridors. He's like, this is the best point to do an ambush. It's a good 20 meters before you actually even get to the chamber, Captain. If you had followed this plan, it's very likely you would not have made it to that chamber alive. Um, you see this outcropping in one of the corridors. The corridor widens up enough to the point where you can actually see some of the ledges that she was talking about actually look like they exist in one of these corridors, but they're not big enough for people. Instead, what's very likely, as you hear Prawl saying this out loud with that many successes, um, he just goes, I bet you anything. She's got a piece of tech set up inside that corridor to do to you what you're planning to do to her. All right, then we're going to move Taraza's ground forces now, clear out anyone she has before we even send our ground team. Frankly, I think Guz can clear a space as small as that chamber in a few minutes, put full calm jamming on our ship and on our small craft. Don't let her communicate with them in any way. Let there be no one to back her up when she tries to make her move. Also, Captain, I had an idea to modify my med kit. with a false bottom if Laquette and Chief could help me with that in order to place the changeling um, technology that we have. Normally I would love to, there isn't time. Any time we spend now is time she will assume we are plotting against her. We have to move as quickly as possible. I was trying to find a way to hide the technology from her, but- Keep it in the med kit and Ideally, I'll keep my in- keep her interest on me and off of you. Yes, Maybe. Captain. We don't have a lot of time to do this, but 
we can get it done and it is going to work. Meanwhile, keep everything in the sky from hitting us. Thank you. <laughs> Find that Romulan. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to catch the captain as everybody's filing out. So whenever that happens, I just, I just need to, to catch them real fast. Um, I okay. actually like to as well. Just one quick. Uh, I don't need a scene. I just. Um, uh, I do need... anyway. So uh, I'll catch you after uh, I catch the ambassador. Okay. Okay. Um, so as everybody's filing out, um, Olin just sort of steps up to the captain and says. Don't think I didn't notice when you didn't promise me that you would be careful. I know that you're planning to go in there and do something foolish, but I do still expect you to come back in one piece. So I'm glad that you're taking the commander with you. The doctor, I mean. Well, one can't be careful. One at least has someone to patch up the results. Still, I would rather she not be needed for that needed like rather... captains doctors are at their best when they're superfluous i guess that's the same that can also be said of ambassadors oh no you're strictly necessary ambassador strictly whatever would we do without you <laughs> and i'll i'll start uh, steering them out. okay they they very much have the Yep, no, I can't make promises, can't make promises. <laughs> right. Kind of thing uh, with the ambassador. All right. Blip, do you have a minute? Blip? I'm in front of you. That was the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> if this goes bad, don't go back to 105 or any of them take care of getting the Vorta back as quickly as you can and make it out to Shackleton. It'll take them a long time to get a new captain to this and in that time you'll be able to demonstrate your own potential with this crew. Shackleton is critical. Don't get wrapped up in all of this. I won't even pretend to disrespect the idea that you, of course, would have thought that far ahead into your demise. But I'd really prefer it if you didn't. So would I. I rather like living. Me too. Besides, so many things to teach you. So many things to learn from you. Not ready to give that up yet. Um, you've been quite observant of me, so I'm going to give you this. Um, you see a trait on Exio that you've never witnessed her exhibiting physically. Um, you see her hand has been rubbing her fingertip excessively all morning. Um, no nothing more than that, just a physical activity that is not typical of her. Um, and that is the only thing different about her that you might notice. Um, and uh, she goes, well, before you go, if you don't come back, 
might want those things back. I will have an incentive for you to come back as I need someone to hold these. Far be it from me to deny you your luggage. Always your suitcase, Nana. Everyone needs baggage. Mm. Don't collect too much. Just the right amount. It's about Orion sized. Hmm. That's a lot of package. <laughs> and they just stretch up their whole height into it. You might be right. Take care of them, Blip. Take care of yourself. See you on the other side. I'll walk out. I go find Lieutenant Prawl. Or Commander Prawl. Commander Paul is currently um, briefing a security team. Um, you also see he's distributing uh, hand phasers. Unless, Captain, you want him to use phaser rifles for this, because it is an assault on... But just so you know, phaser rifles automatically add one threat. Yes, I'm aware, which is why uh, uh, but past you're also... security officer versions of myself never used them, nor permitted them to uh, trigger happy lieutenants. Um, they, they, do, they do, however, equip the hell out of you. <laughs> they do equip the hell out of you. Uh, no, it's going to be hand phasers in part because if this works according to how Sol is planning, mm-hmm. uh, that ground team is only going to be clean up for what uh, Taraz is bringing in ahead of schedule. Very true. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, so... honestly, if... Yeah. The ambushers take out Guz. The difference between hand phasers and phaser rifles is purely academic. Um, all right, you find you find Prawl, Commander. Um, he dismisses the unit to meet down in the shuttle bay one, and as they turn away, he turns and looks at you with visible anger in his eyes, and he says, "Yes, Commander." I understand that you are upset at the captain's decision. And yours, Commander. What can I do for you? I need you here. Have you forgotten that we have an active threat that is threat that is possibly endangering the ship at this very moment while the captain will be off ship? You think I've forgotten that, Commander? I don't, but I don't understand why you are being why you are throwing a temper tantrum right now. I am doing my duty, Commander. I'm following orders. I don't have to like them. The captain is going into a shuttlecraft with a changeling and two Jim Hadar soldiers that are planning an ambush. And the chief of security is not by their side. You know, I said those very words a few days ago. I understand that you are upset. I am upset too. But unfortunately, when there are this many threats aboard a ship, there is going to be a little bit too much spreading thin. The captain knows that they are going into a threat. They know it is an ambush. And they have been given every bit of expertise from you, from I, from this entire crew. Commander, with all due respect, I got this speech from the commander that I served on the Dominion War just before he was killed. May I resume my duties? Do as you wish, but it is the captain's decision. 
and they're doing it. Aye, Commander. Dismissed. And with that, he abruptly turns and stalks back towards the bridge, towards headed for the bridge towards the Torbalift. I can do nothing for that. You can see in his posture, he is taking on the... The weight of his job. Yes, essentially. He is standing at attention. He marches like a soldier towards the turbo lift and heads up to the bridge. Um, and that is that. <laughs> um, Exio just sort of says under their breath, I understand what it is to not be allowed to be want to be. And uh, continues about her day, which is going to be a quite a full day. Here we go. Who's piloting your shuttlecraft, Captain? Do you have Vryn? I'm inclined to have um, NPC, or actually, uh, have I noticed uh, anything of how Lee has ev- No, you know what? Bren is perfect. If there's okay. anyone who can be underestimated, it's actually Vren. It's actually Vren. No so one actually knows what he's capable of, except for a good that. joke. But like, She's not going to know he's good. She's going to think he's some goofball. He's perfect for this mission. So as you step into the into the shuttlecraft, the Jim Hadar and Lee are already there. Um, and Vryn looks back at you from the pilot seat and goes, oh, hey, Captain, I'm you got here just in time. We were just having a great conversation um, about um, how funny it is that the last time I encountered these guys, they were blowing me out of the sky. Mm. Hopefully. Things go better this time. Yes, Lieutenant, are those pre-flight checks done? All done. So glad to hear. Doctor? Yes, Captain. Ready to go? I'm just going to look up at the Captain, look up at the Jimadar, look up at the Orion Changeling, and my neck is hurting. (laughs) Yes. Excellent. You have everything you need, Lee? I do, yes. I have brought a uh, full medical kit in case we run into any medical emergencies. I believe they were talking to me, Doctor, and the answer is yes, I have everything I need. My apologies. It's hard to see who's making eye contact from all the way down here. (laughs) She offers a warm smile. Um, a chilling but warm smile. Hmm. I smile back really big. So you see my face, like a really happy smile. Vryn next to you just goes, stop it. Sorry. Um, The shuttle doors close and uh, Vryn is like, all right, are we all buckled in? Starfleet takes you to some pretty weird places. And the shuttle goes, And you guys are being slowly escorted out of Shuttle Bay 1 by the tractor beams. Um, You see this globe, this blue glow as you pass through it and Vren accelerates. Um, 
As Vryn accelerates, you see the USS Ross is making a very slow turn to port. Um, as your shuttle and the secondary shuttle both depart um, Shuttle Bay 1. A few moments pass when a third shuttle departs Shuttle Bay 1. Um, and this shuttle branches off in the complete opposite direction. You lose sight of it, but you already know, Captain, this is Prawl's idea of trying to be confusing. Um, and the three shuttles basically split apart. And Vryn is headed towards this planet. And it's quiet on the shuttle for a moment. And Vryn just goes, um, you know, I've always wanted to know. And he looks back over his shoulder at the Jim Hadar. And he just goes, I'm just curious. Do you guys have sports? Or is it all war all the time? And this heavy silence falls and just says, do they not talk much? Lee just says, they don't talk unless I tell them they may. And Vryn goes, oh. Do, do you want to ask them for me? Because I'm, I'm really, she says, they don't have any sports. Okay. Turns back. Well, that was my whole, like, my list of conversation topics to get rid of this awkward silence, so I don't know what to do now. You want to take I, it, Doctor? I think the sports would be quite a danger to any competitors, Brent. After all, victory is life. Oh, yeah, that's from a good my, point. From my understanding, their sport is war. Hell of a sport. Of course, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference if you played against an Andorian hockey team. Let me just tell you that right now. <laughs> um, Don't they have a whole position just for getting into fights? I think I heard something about that. Oh, yeah. They had to separate the two teams between the Klingon teams and the Andorian teams the last time they was a, there was a match. Good stuff. And there's a bit of a bump as you guys enter the atmosphere, headed down into the cave complexes. You break through the clouds into this familiar, now, now familiar looking planet. Um, as there's a popping sound as you guys descend a little bit more from the um, small pressure release and you hear Vryn go, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Environmental system controls on this. Uh, I'll, I'll fix it. I um, happen to have a stim on you or something, do you, Doctor? I find myself terribly tired. Uh, actually, uh, yes. Captain, uh, let me fetch you a hypospray. Um, I'm going to purposely make sure my back is blocking the okay. med from the view. I'm gonna, re I know exactly where they are. I'm just gonna reach my paw in very quickly, um, as to not open the med kit fully and kind of look at the captain like, but the captain is showing hyper. weakness in front of the enemy. <laughs> ah, I see. I just didn't want to open my med kit, but sure. Uh, yeah, but I, you know. Is that where you're keeping it? Yeah, yes, that was the that's only the only place to keep it. it. On my. Okay. Where am I going to keep a dragon egg? <laughs> and uh, Brindy gonna... goes, What's that? No, I'm just going <laughs> to. As I drop four threat and institute honkitude. <laughs> What is that? No, um, okay, so you pop I'm, open, you pull out the hypospray. Um, hypospray gives you wings. Now, if you want to remove this trait, it's gonna, I'm going to ask for a one momentum spend. So oh uh, we'll be down to three. Yes. Okay. And that's acceptable for me, uh, not being at plus one difficulty versus being murdered. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Worth, worth it. <laughs> just every time the ambassador's face. It's just worth it every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Up on the bridge, y'all are watching the shuttles disappear into the planet's atmosphere. Um, uh, and uh, I, w- I would just like to say that this is one of those times where uh, it is notable that patience is more alert than usual and more at the ready because, uh, and, and that I think that uh, the counselor knowing what, <clears throat> knowing what they know about the ambassador's um, like physical condition and stuff like that um, would know that when, when patience is very alert, that means that uh, Olin is not particularly at their calmest. Um, they right. are they are watching that ship like a hawk. They are nervous. Okay. Those the council said is mood. Um at the science station, I'm going to need one Lacat to make a reason science check. Cool. And assisted by the USS Ross. What's the difficulty on this thing? Uh five. And I need uh the Ross to make a sensors. I'm sorry, did you just say five? five. Take a momentum. Yes, needs... take a momentum. I remind you, you have a directive from the captain to get that Romulan. Yeah. Five, okay, so the Ross is gonna roll sensor security. And is this a, um, and am I, am I also running sensor security? So can I say I'm using my sensors focus? No, I'm sorry, the Ross will roll sensor science. This is a sensor science check. I mean. Um, what is, do you have a sensors focus? Yes, I have a sensor. Yeah, focus. and you can use that. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Also, Great. don't forget I'm, you can also burn a value if you. I mean, it's yeah, okay. that directive. If I get, I my think script. I think you're going to need to because I'm rolling holy butts tonight, and both no, of those I mean, rolls. I have. I, I've got a five success on these three dice because I, with my sensors focus, I got a three, a two, and a seven. <laughs> so four successes plus one five. Go ahead and roll for the Ross. I think they I did. Already, I already did, and and I, I rolled once. Oh, you rolled when you gave me the the ink oh, okay. roll, and then let's, rolled again, and both of them were failures. Let's do assisted rolls after the primary roll, just because okay. the, the assisted uh, rolls do don't do it count again, then? the primary. Um, the assisted rolls don't actually count until the primary roll happens. Okay. Um, no, 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 we're gonna let that that roll stands. <laughs> no, I just yes. rolled a critical success. Sorry. No. <laughs> um, so. Five successes, though, is enough to succeed. Great. Um, it's not what you were expecting to find when you were doing a sensor sweep, Lacat, but your trained eye and your ability to spot irregularities in sensor detections using the powerful sensor suite aboard the USS Ross. Something catches your eye and you steer the sensors right back to where you, it's kind of like a double take. Think of it like that, like a ship, ship-wide double take. Yeah. Um, you're pretty sure, without certainty, you're pretty sure you detected what would appear to be transporter signatures somewhere down on the planet in the vicinity mm-hmm. of where they're headed, which, by the way, contradicts what you guys know about what, how Kelvinite makes it very difficult for transporters. Everything we know about Kelvinite, absolutely. Except Lee um, was into that transporter bullshit right at the top before Sol suggested an alternative plan. Yes. Um, Lakat to Chief Tech. Go, um, go for Tech. Uh, tech? Yeah. Exactly what are the effects of that Kelvinite on transporters? 
Well, it just makes it difficult to, to transport. I mean, we can't oh, get not impossible. Is that correct? Well, difficult enough to claim it impossible. What are you suggesting? You would like to yeah. her data that she's gotten in to him so that he can see that there's transporter shenanigans happening down on that planet. If you want to spend for obtain information. Ooh. I'll let you ask a question. Um, I I would first like to share this info with Tech. Sure, you've shared it or, with Tech. He's yeah. got it. Um, it looks like someone is using a transporter down there. Um, Holy moly! Can I can I tell how many transporters are being used? Or yeah. like, damn it. Um, yeah, exactly. Can we get a can we get a more precise read then on any more of those transporters? Or is this as much as information we're going to get? Are you? That's, is that your? Is that the question you're asking? Yeah, with a, my obtained information is, can we get see how many people have been transported in and out? No, you're not going to be able to tell. Uh, how about instead, can we detect what type of signature it is? No, just that it was a transporter a transporter signal. Hmm. Somebody beamed down to the planet just now. Wait, so did we get? Did we actually spend to obtain them? Yeah, that was my understanding. Yes. Okay, so we spent one. Mm -hmm. We're okay, we have one, one, one and we get. We don't actually get. Cool. Okay. Correct. So we don't. We don't know. Um, tech. Uh, I'm going to also alert um, Commander Paul about this because this yeah. seems like Dirty Beach, all things considered. Well, he's uh, not going to be happy. And absolutely not. But I think that if there's anything you can do to get a more precise reading on that signature, you should absolutely do that. Um, and then I would like to alert Commander Prawl, and then I would like to see if I can get any sort of understanding from like my sensor scans, like any more precise information. Look at well, if you any could, way to gain more like, information. Yeah, if, could, if there's a way to like read, like because they beam down from the Ross to. Um, to the planet. So if there's a way to read that uh, um, uh, that transporter like signature on them still, if that lingers, the tech no, there's no. So just to uh, just to expand upon the, the answer yeah. to the question, you're not going to be able to tell who beamed down or how many beamed down or where they beamed down. Yeah. You just detected a transporter signature. Damn. Um, Damn. With, with the original um, scans that we had made, did we determine the Kelvinite, or we were just told that? No, you determined that it was Kelvin. It was heavy in Kelvinite right. yet. Which plays havoc. It makes it all but impossible to beam with transporters. Um, are we all are are those of us that are on the bridge witnessing this happen? Is is a uh, is Jane being loud enough to hear? No, I think that Jane would be discreet about oh. this until she tells Prawl, and then Prawl can decide if he wants to tell other people or not. Um, okay. so she tells she she uh, goes to Prawl, uh, the cat to Prawl. You know what? She's gonna walk up to him. Prawl, you can swivel I, around in your chair. He's about 20 feet away from you. On the, on yeah, the, I think right. that she wants to be discreet, so she's going to walk up and go to him. Um, uh, Prawl, I have something I need to show you. It looks like um, we have detected a transporter uh, signature. Someone is beamed down. Tech is doing everything he can to figure out anything about who it was or what it was, but this is all we know. Good. Lacat, he nods and says, "Okay." In the future, Lacat, you tell the commander first, though. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I, I needed to know that I was doing something, but you are, and thank you for telling me. I'm going to get on this right away. Yeah. yeah. Commander, we've just yeah. detected a transporter signature down on the planet. 
We don't have an idea of how many people or, or where it was coming from, just that there was a transport activated just now. Possibly beaming, I have to suspect, beaming towards the location of where they're headed. Of course. Um, excellent. This information cannot be relayed to the captain as we have jammed all communication. However, it is excellent information. Right okay. now, yeah, Olin, Olin shoots a look over at... Sorry, at the... let, me, let me interrupt just real quick. Um, we are at 925. Are you guys good to go another 30 minutes? Yeah, I would like to know this session whether or not I die. <laughs> All right, so we're going to push to 10 p.m. tonight. All right, so... What were you saying, Aki, before I interrupted you? No, we go. Uh... Olin looks over at the commander really fast, kind of shooting shooting him a glance over to her. And um, I think they're going to stand and sort of move to maybe a slightly less, uh, slightly less um, obvious area of the bridge. And then they're just going to kind of uh, probably check a console really fast. Um, they want to know where the Vort is. Uh, that's just a quick, you don't even have to roll for that. The Vort is in his quarters. Under guard. And with that, with that knowledge, they go back and sit down. That's all they wanted to know. They wanted to make sure the Vort was still where they're supposed to be. Vort is still in his quarters. Uh, oh, you're muted. You're muted, Aki. Trust but verify they're headed to the uh, the turbo lift. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, were you, what were you saying? I, I would just would love uh, one quick clarification because Lacat said that the signature came from the ship, and I want to make sure that that's correct. No, but, it di it didn't actually come from. You don't. You're not sure where oh, it came from. Yeah. There's no actual. It was literally detecting the energy signature of a transporter being used, and you detected someone used a transporter to beam down to a planet. You only detected the energy signature. You're not exactly sure precisely where it was coming from. So we could even be, for instance, from some going. kind of Romulan spy fucker. Yeah, that was, that was over me. What was that? Right. right. So it could be from literally any other ship that's in our general vicinity. Yes. Especially that cloaked ship. Great. If I if I if I'm privy to that, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay on the bridge. I just okay. with that clarification, that that helps a lot. Okay. The um, shuttle enters into... Oh, you have something, Gina? No, no. It, it just would have been continuing to talk to Prawl about this, but if you've got going, go for it. Prawl, Prawl looks at you and just shakes his head. Like, he's giving you this signal of, like, what can we do? Um, he kind of gives you this eyebrow raise as he looks back at it and says, all I can do, Commander, is just keep my eye on the sky. I think there's a lot more than, that, than you can do at this particular moment. I think there's quite a lot that you can use your perfect expertise and exact right energy at this particular moment to aid in this scenario. Where, if you were going to beam down to the planet, would you beam to? I guess it depends who I was and where, what my mission objective was. Pretend you're the cloaked vessel, where would you go? Well, Maddox, where would you beam to? 
Is Jane overhearing this? Sure. This is a conversation that's happening in front of the senior staff. Because uh, she's going to say, uh, she's overhearing this, and she's going to say to her keyboard, I would ambush the ambush. Exactly. All right. Do we have communications to Terrasse? I can establish that, yes. Beautiful. I would like to take point on that. Make sure he's aware there is a possible double double ambush at this particular moment in time. And about that moment, you hear the chirping sound, and he says, I have Taraz for you, Commander. Taraz! Up on screen, you see this Orion literally just loading what looks like an energy cartridge into, if you're not mistaken, a Klingon disruptor rifle. He just slides it in, goes, and then he twists it as it activates, and he goes, yeah, Commander, what can I do for you? How is the assault on the chamber going? The assault on the chamber? Yes, it was my understanding that you were to go ahead before the captain was to touch down. Right. Assault there... the... Yes. the assault on the chamber hasn't begun. Well, in that case, you might need to split forces. What do you need to tell me, Commander? What I need to tell you is that there has been transporter signatures detected beamed down to your planet. There is a possibility that you are going to be ambushed while we are being ambushed and while you are ambushing them. It's very complicated. That sounds complicated. Yes. So I just need to make sure that you are looking out for possible threats. We'll keep an eye out. Specifically, there may be some Romulans on the planet looking to endanger my captain. Did you say Romulans? I did indeed. What the hell have you gotten me into? Precisely the amount of danger you have possibly brought in upon yourself. Great. Well, this was fun. Indeed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Um, yeah, cuts off. Um, <laughs> Just kills the transmission, and okay. you even hear. <laughs> there's a there's a noise from <laughs> from uh, Prawl as he just goes. What? Well, if he'd stayed on a little longer, I could have given him more precise information. But I suppose a smuggler is going to do what a smuggler is going to do, and hanging up on people is one of those things. And meanwhile in the shuttle, y'all are currently finishing what could be described as a very skillful dash through narrow canyon walls, through caves, um, through outcroppings, till you touch down at a outcropping you've never been to before, Captain. It's not like anything in the Terrazas cave, but it just sets down. Nothing like XEO brought back from the intelligence report. But as the shuttlecraft sets down, <laughs> Lee immediately stands up and says, I hope your Starfleet sensibilities don't get in the way of ending the lives of some disreputable people today, Captain. They won't hesitate to kill all of you. We act in self-defense and we have stun settings for a reason. Shall you we? see, Vren stands up and goes, stun. Slides it into his thing. 
looks at you, doctor, and says, "All right, let's um, let's go be. I don't know, whatever. Stunning. Let's go be stunning. stunning. I like it. Stunning. Yes. The door goes, and this wave of cool." moist air just blasts in from the cave complexes like wind has been coursing through. This light howling noise can be heard. This cave is huge. It's big enough to support any kind of like transport that came down into this depth. But as the door opens, you can see it's dimly lit with those rows and rows of cave lights that kind of line corridor walls. And in front of you, you see three branching corridors vanishing down into the darkness where you can only see the neon glows of these checkered-like lights descending into these cave complexes. Um, out of curiosity, because I have night vision, um, and as well as um, one of my talents is keen hearing, where I can detect like faint sounds distinguished tones, stuff like that. I immediately I'm going into full like radar, sonar. Uh, I want to, yeah, exactly. Uh, if, if there's three, is there anything that I can distinguish differently between the three corridors and like, or hear anything at all? Without having you to make a roll, I can tell you that from this, from where you're standing right now, those corridors look exactly the same, sound mm -hmm. exactly the same. Okay, it's I'm just- literally just three open doors. Got it, just be aware that I am on alert. Okay. Um, everyone steps out of the shuttlecraft. Um, and it's at this point, Captain, that you would notice that the Jim'Hadar do not have their Polaron rifles. They have not been returned to them. Um, so one of the Jim'Hadar, the second, turns and looks at one of the security officers and says, will we be given weapons? And the first says, we are weapons. Victory is life. The other one just nods and says, Victory is life. Victory is life? Life is victory. You see this kind of side glance from Lee. She looks at you for a moment with a small smile on her face and then begins to move forward, flanked by the Dominion soldiers. And when they start reaching the three outcroppings of the cave, they kind of begin to hunker down into, as you would say, stealth mode. Um, Everyone begins to move out. Lee picks one of these corridors and immediately starts moving down the corridor on the far left. I'll take she... point and let Lee have my back. Okay. The first, you notice when you take this, Lee nods to you when she takes point and, or when you take point and Lee gets behind you, you see the first um, nod to the second and the second obeying the chain of command falls in last behind Vryn. Um, Vryn doesn't look particularly comfortable with that, but just nods and says, glad, glad you got my back. And then looks at you, McCrell, and goes, <laughs> um, the first doesn't give you a glance, Captain. The first is in full focus mode. And, and I have not made con eye contact or anything to indicate that I have any interest in this first. <laughs> I okay. will put all my focus on uh, Lee and uh, let Lee uh, call out the directions, but yes, being on point, being stealthy. Real quick. Um, yes, you. I said you said you like you briefed me, but did you also brief me on the fact that the first, the situation with the first? 
Uh, you are you and Vren should be considered okay. as having been fully briefed, uh, that particularly was... on the point of, and I cannot overemphasize this. She right. has to make an order or otherwise make a move. None right. of us jumps that. Uh, we right. also know that the second, yeah, we needed to know that because the second may well make a move. Vren right. needs to know that because the second might opt to take out one of you two first as the soft target. We're squishy. Uh, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, clear the room. So, yes, fully briefed. So, it's tense. You, Vryn, and the doctor are all aware that this whole group is currently locked in a game of cat and mouse. And the pretenses that are being carried right now as y'all sneak through this cave towards an enemy that is, in fact, right next to you, you're not waiting for the ambush. You're waiting for the inevitable backstab to see if you can head it off. If all has played out and Exio did in fact run a successful interference and convinced her, you guys have the upper hand. But who just beamed down onto the planet? This away team doesn't know that that has even happened. As y'all are moving through the corridor, um, you get about half a kilometer in. It's a heavy long hike into this cave complex. And Captain, slowly but surely, as someone who's taken point, there's very few places to go in here. It's not difficult to see that she chose a location where whoever took point would only have one direction to move. But as you are moving through this cave complex, you spot what Exio pointed out to you, what Prawl pointed out to you. About 30 meters ahead, the cave begins to widen and you see familiar looking outcroppings from that digital readout. And your pulse quickens because the moment has arrived. As the shuffling is taking place behind you. And before anything else happens, you hear her go, stop. The Jim and Dar come to a stop. As you call a halt, she crouches down and says, this looks like a good place for an ambush. He might know we're coming. Knull's not known for his intelligence, but he is a cunning little cat. No offense, Doctor. None taken. You. And she points to the second and says, Go. Take point. Walk up ahead. See if it's a trap. The second immediately goes, my life for the founders. And without hesitation, starts creeping forward barehanded, <laughs> moving along the cave wall. He moves up into the opening and you see his silhouette enter that large ambushed area. And he you see what looks like he's doing a deep glance around the room. And then he vanishes around the corner. And you wait. And wait. And wait. And then a few moments later, you see him reappear. And he gives a hand signal. The first says, it is clear.
I move as cautiously as I can, cognizant of possible in-place snipers, because it does me no good if I don't hear her give an order. Okay. And I know if I were ambushing someone, I would send the scout that they know not to shoot to show everything is okay. But I'm going to try to avoid a sniper's nest if I can. You all enter the ambush spot. As the group begins to enter this bigger area, it all happens very quickly as you might have suspected it was going to. As you move into the area, the first thing you see, Captain, you notice something um, that perhaps the Jim Hadar didn't see, you're not sure, but about 20 meters ahead, what could easily be mistaken for a rock looks like some kind of tech device just laying on the ground. Um, it does have some of the sand, the cave sand, like kicked up onto it, but it's not trying, it's, it doesn't look like they're trying to hide it, whoever put it there. It doesn't look like it's meant to be hidden. It looks like it is being laid out because if it's a trap, it is a poorly laid trap. That's the first thing you notice. The other thing you notice about this particular device is it looks like it's just outside the combat zone. If this is going to be the ambush spot, this is on the other end of the cave. The second thing that happens is you hear Lee suddenly say, now, as it echoes out into the cave. And as you whirl around, she straightens up. And the most curious thing takes place, Captain. Nothing happens. <laughs> and in that small beat of a second, when nothing happens, you see her facial expression shift. And for that split second before all hell breaks loose, you realize she, as a changeling, is experiencing what could accurately be described as shock and surprise. Authentic confusion. And then she goes amber and we're in combat. And you are in melee range with this changeling. Uh. However, before this happens, before the initiative, before your turn begins, there's one person in this group that knew both sides of what was going on and had a single-minded objective with a single target in mind. And as she shouts now and nothing happens, the next beat is followed by the first pulling the hand phaser out of Vryn's grasp and vaporizing the second in a single and you see this red arc slice across the air. The second doesn't shout, doesn't scream. It doesn't look like he knows he's dead. There's a momentary what from Vren as the second is just a puff cloud of blood drifting in the breeze through the cave, vaporized instantly. But he grabbed Vren's phaser. It was on a stun setting. It was. He swapped it. All right. Future soul. This is like the thing where time kind of bottles down and dilates and like keep in mind things and then it's future. Keep in mind, you can spend your prepare you can spend an action, your your maneuver action to set your phaser. Yep. <laughs> and he turned yep. it to kill in that one moment. Yep. With a thumb, just fired it, shot and killed. 
Um, um, and now we're in combat. So, yeah. Saul, you, because of the nature of this fight, mm -hmm. you actually have initiative right now. Oh, I would love to have initiative. I would love to have initiative. We don't... <laughs> you can pass it to somebody else if you want, but I'm uh... not going to allow it to be Vren, and it can't be the Jim Hadar unless you want to spend uh, momentum to keep the initiative and hand it back to the Jim Hadar after this round. No, uh, I want to give it to Mc... Um... McCrell? Oh, we'll get the stasis, but she actually has not yet committed a crime. I do have cat-like reflexes, though, so I can at least protect you if needed. Uh, during the first round of combat, if I have not acted, I can take a minor action on another character's turn and uh, and put myself between you and her. You uh, are the captain. Make a call. Yeah, uh, I would love not to surrender initiative right now, but I don't have enough. This would be a diplomatic crisis. I so do not have adequate evidence of a crime. As a Starfleet officer, you've chosen the principle of not attacking first to basically forfeit your initiative on her. Yeah. Okay, she's uh, gonna Because attack. the stasis field uh, would trap her. It would, yeah, I have to. She's gonna hit this you. Sucks. This is gonna suck, this is gonna suck, this is gonna suck, this is gonna suck. All right, so this is Amelia Tex. You're gonna get to roll your, you're gonna get to roll to stand up to this. Mm -hmm. um, oh boy. Um, yeah. Right. Um, I'm gonna spend threat. Do it, spend yeah. Threat. Actually, I gain a threat because the Jim Hadar vaporized somebody on set to kill. So, um, but I mean, he just attacked somebody, so I get that threat. So, um, okay, so spin the threat. I'm gonna get that extra die. Mm -hmm. I'm going to roll daring plus security. Okay, um, go ahead and make your roll. Yeah. Tell me what you get. The difficulty is one. Mm. We have, we have momentum. Uh, it's not the best use of it, uh, to be perfectly honest, because what McCrell, as a trained fighter, will see is that Sol is big and Sol is tough, and Sol clearly never did martial arts. That they were that kid who's like, Size was a danger and like didn't do it so that they wouldn't seem like a threat. Uh, they are not actually a melee combatant at all. Uh, so that's two successes from Saul. Uh, yeah, rolled, she... or, no, uh, one, sorry, because I'm not rolling in my focus. So that oh. is, uh, that two doesn't mean anything. She, yeah, she's so gonna hit, she I hit you and, gonna hit y'all. I hit you and I gained three threat because I crunched that difficulty. Um, yep. okay, here we go. Yep, it sucks. It's just gonna suck. It's gonna suck real bad. And I don't have enough momentum to avoid injury. Okay. It's gonna suck real bad. It's gonna suck real bad. It's gonna suck real bad. This was um, a, We never had a better plan. <laughs> we never hey, that place, Ambassador. So we you, tried to you, have you a had better it, plan. You we had the option for a Han shoots yeah. first moment, and you were like, nope, I'm Starfleet. I ain't doing that shit, and... I am reaping the consequences of my actions knowing this was always going to happen. But you know what I'm going to do though for for doing that is you're going to get you're going to get a you're going to get a milestone for that cuz that is definitely worthy 
of a milestone. Um, okay. Yep. Oh, God, I really was hoping we'd have more momentum right now. You have to live long enough to use it, okay? <laughs> I, right, I mean, well, Hold I on. wanted enough to avoid this injury. It takes two, not one. Okay. We're at one right um, now. So you're going to take seven points of non-lethal damage. Yep. Uh, so I have no option to avoid that injury. Um, so you're going to get, and this is going to be a knockdown big time. So I can, however, ignore the injury uh, using my determination. It means if I get hit again, uh, that will, I, I'm in deep, uh, but I can stay up and continue fighting and I won't lose my determination, yay, being a veteran. You, <sighs> so you've been through a lot of training exercises. You've never been hit this hard in your life. This changeling with barely any of a swing behind it is able to use the entirety of her body to basically turn her chest into a hammer and send you across the room. The impact is loud enough where you can feel you are certain some ribs are not where they're supposed to be right now. As the impact happens, you can feel the injury that you're going to ignore. Um, but there's definitely some cracking sounds as you take the hit and go hurtling through the air. McCrell, you watch in horror as your captain leaves the ground and is sent a good six meters in the opposite direction. There's a sickening pop sound as she hit as they hit the side of this cave wall and collapse down hard. I'm um, gonna spend two threat to keep the initiative. Oh, uh, that, uh, uh, can I use my cat like reflex now? Because this is still um, technically the first round of combat. You can use and a minor action on acted. somebody. Hold, hold on, Bonnie. You can use a minor action on somebody else's turn. Is that right? Correct. If does I have not specify, acted, I can take a minor. Does it specify whose turn, or does it say anybody else's turn? I can take a minor action on another character's turn. This will count. So go ahead. What's your minor action? Uh, I'm assuming I Vren has more engineering experience than me, correct? And is aware of what our yes. initial plan was. I'm going to kick the med kit to him, so he now has he can now prep the, I don't know, the okay. apparatus and, and put myself between the captain and the changeling. Okay, that's gonna be in front of you. So you'll be able to, you won't be able to do both. Okay, Your even, minor though, even though Vren is right there, I can't just like make sure he, he gets the med kit. Oh, in that case, it's just dropping the med kit. Yeah, basically I'm, I, he knows that that's what we need to do next, but I'm also okay. going to protect the captain. Yeah. She's gonna hit you. Okay, so I would like to use my. Uh, okay, I'm. So get I'm ready. ready. Yep. Because unlike the captain, the doctor really knows some fucking martial arts. I know who I brought with me. I brought Doctor McCrell. Doctor McCrell is much different in their skill set. So she's gonna make an attack roll on you. So get ready. So you're gonna roll. Um, this is gonna be a contested roll. Mm -hmm. She's, the difficulty is one, and it's okay. a daring security check. Yes. So make the check. Um, right. I will I'm take that last momentum. To add an extra die to this roll. Uh, I will do the same. Okay. <gasps> Can I take a picture? And I'm assuming I'm using my focus on martial arts, right? Yes, I want to take a picture of this. Okay. Well, just tell me what you got, because we're really short on time. 
Six successes, uh, two fours, and a natural crit. What would you like to do? Because you've got the hit on her right now. Uh, I'm tiny and fast, so if she's taking a swing at me, I'm just gonna duck completely and uh, and swipe at her. Or I guess. Yes. Are you gonna use your claws? What do you? What? It's okay. it's all I got. Yeah. Okay. So are those those are considered lethal, correct? Uh, they're non-lethal, I believe. They're non-lethal. Okay. But they do have an extra damage. It's not just like a random melee so attack. I need you to make okay so you're gonna roll so you're gonna add your security rating or no yeah. i'm sorry yeah yeah add your security rating to that mm-hmm. to the damage of that unarmed attack okay and that that's how many d6s you're gonna roll yes and tell me what you get uh what was the net difference between the two three you guys got three momentum from that all right that means you will be able to re-roll damage if needed yep. okay then i will re-roll this one die this one die uh, yes. Oh, wait. Well, this is confusing because I only have five D6s, so I had to re- I had to roll. Yep, so add them all up. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Well, yeah, but plus the, uh, claws, so it should one, be two, seven, right. probably? Yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, so I have six successes, two of them which are effects. Okay, so that's gonna- that's gonna activate knockdown. Okay. Um. <laughs> So the changeling extends its arm and basically becomes looks like a pole. And as you try to get past her, she takes a swing. You know, the thing about these changelings is they can use their bodies in a way that other people just simply can't. You can't predict where the kick or the punch is going to come from on these creatures because it can come from any point of their body, much like the captain just realized. But you're able to anticipate exactly where the most obvious striking zone for yourself is. And in a show of incredible acrobatics and skill, you, who is capable of seeing it, watch McCrell as she's dashing towards the captain. This changeling swings its arm out. McCrell takes one graceful leap up over the arm, spinning sideways in midair like some kind of wuxia film. And when she lands, there is a slash across the changeling and the the founder gets slammed up against the wall, hitting this wall hard. Six damage. I have to spend threat to shrug off an injury, which I can because... This is a, uh, a heavy-duty NPC, but wow, did you get her attention as you slam this changeling up against the wall. She completely misses you and takes the brunt of that. It is now you guys' initiative. Let's give it to Vren, shall we? Vren reaches down. He, in a panic, goes, fuck, shit, 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 pops open <laughs> this med kit and just goes, and just hypo sprays and everything goes flying in every direction oh, as my, my equipment goes flying out <laughs> it goes hurtling through the air and Vran is going to roll momentum that, that was that was wild oh wait yeah so oh so we have momentum can we yeah, have we five momentum have two five Oh, wait, no, two. Uh, it's the net difference in the attack. So we had three. You spent one to reroll that one die. Uh, so we are at two, except Vren is going to take uh, one for an extra die. Yes, he okay. is. Uh, if he has a value, he is welcome to use that as well. I'm going to let him use control. Yeah, OK, we'll use a value. Let's see. 
Um, or a direct if a freaking do this, please. Yeah, I think the order here is going, yeah. he's going to is call the operative order. Got so it. get two. I'm going to get an extra die. He's going to make a roll. It's going to be control security. His security is pathetic, but his control is excellent. Um, okay, so I needed a 13 or better. I rolled an 11, a 7, and a 15. I had two successes from the determination spin. You see this thing hurl through the air and impacts against the side of the changeling. And when it pops off against the side of her face and it hits the ground, it goes and slides open. And you all watch this ionic energy just immediately explode out from the device. Um, Vryn, as this is happening in his, in his adrenaline, um, is going to turn at that point, because this, this is his minor action, was doing that. Um, his uh, combat action is he's going to turn and punch the first in the face. I briefed you, you son of a... My boy! <laughs> he's going to hit. Let's see. Is he going to hit? Is he going to hit? He is. He's going to hit. All right. Oh, he is going to be scrubbing the shuttle bay with a toothbrush for so long. Um, so you see something in Vryn that you've never seen before. The Andorian goes into a rage as the fear converts into pure rage. And as Vryn's terrified shout, as he opens this thing up, he drops the med kit and goes, and turns and slams his knuckles across the side of the first's face. And I'll give you the results of that in a second, because right now a changeling is currently screeching as this energy field begins to envelop her. Um, and behind you, Captain, from the screeches, you can suddenly hear the concussive pops of grenades and energy weapons going off. You don't know what's happening down the corridor, but it sounds like hell has broken loose down here. And it echoes off the walls. It's deafening. It takes out everyone's hearing. Everyone is like, you're kind of crouched down as you're in the middle of a full combat zone. Um, the next thing that happens is as the first takes the punch across the face, the first simply stares at Vren and shoves past him. <laughs> Just Vren looks up at him and he goes, move, and shoves him aside immediately walking up to the canister. This electrical field begins to form around the changeling and you see this, this electrical field begin to form around this amber pool that is now melted down into the corridor. It's spiking here and there. It looks like it's almost like it's trying to get out. And you can see every now and then kind of like, you know, that scene in Terminator 2, for those of us who've seen it, where the T-1000's head is coming out of the molten. It's the same horrifying thing to see, where you see what looks like the sculpt of a screaming face come out of the amber and then sink back in as it's repressed by the energy fields. Um, the first immediately goes over to it and opens up the canister and begins to contain the, the founder. And... Um... Everyone's catching their breath. McCrell, you're at the you're at the captain at this point. Yeah, my, my fur is all raised, but I'm like trying to <sighs> Captain Stull has this light green blood trickling out of the side of their mouth. They took a, a devastating hit to the chest from this cat from this changeling. 
uh, with collecting supplies off the ground. Thank you, Ren. Uh, I'm gonna collect what I can and head to the captain and uh, see if I can get some kind of patch together for them just they, so they can get up and, and... Yes, this is a quick medicine check. Yes. Uh, what is so the I difficulty? Would, this is gonna be a control medicine check. Uh, the difficulty is two. I'm going to use healing hands when attempting a control medicine task to heal, reduce difficulty by one. So it'll be a difficulty one. So this is literally going to remove the pain for now, Captain. So yeah. you're actually going to be, rem the, the injury strike against your character is going to be removed if if she succeeds. So uh, go ahead I and make mean, the roll. Well, that last momentum. Uh, two successes. So That's we get one momentum back. So you feel the pain bleed out of your body as this hyperspray goes into your bloodstream, Captain. Oh, that hurt worse than I thought it would. Oh. Yes. As soon as we are back on the Ross, you need to head straight to Medical Bay so I can put your ribs back in place. Yeah, th that'd be a good place for them. Yes. Wait, what's going on? What's going on? You see Vryn is uh, back going, where? Where? Stand down. You got my phaser, Captain. Stand down. The Jimindar finishes closing the case and, and seals it and looks at you. You could have acted. Why did you choose not to? We needed the evidence. I do not think I will ever truly understand how it is we lost to you. Ideals give us power. And compassion gives us strength. And through strength we find victory. We should put that on a pillow, Captain. Um... Vren looks at him and just says, Good shot, I guess. And then walks up to you, McCrell, and just goes, Doctor, I think I broke my hand. Do you think you could take a look at that? Yes, but first, uh, I'll do it on the shuttle. Before I need to you fly, fly, so if you could, yeah. Yes, uh, I'll Thank fix you. your hand, but uh, don't, don't me, put, wish I just want to, as somebody who clearly knows how to throw a punch, uh, Doctor, I, I don't recommend punching something that has teeth on its face. Yes. A part of me wishes I wouldn't have to heal your hand now, so I could... I feel like a little pain is a good punishment for your action, but here you go. And I'm going to bandage him up. While all this is happening, you see the Jim Hadar securing this containment unit um, on the side. All things considered, this was a big buildup to a quick resolution. Why did the traps not go off? And that was my next thing. I wanted to go and grab that thing that didn't go off and find out okay. what the hell it was. You move over. As you hear, you hear the unmistakable fire, uh, energy fire from two conflicting factions not too far. There's no mistaking the rattled Gatling rounds of a Gorn's minigun going off in the caves of a few, like not even 60 meters ahead. Minigorn. Minigorn. You walk over and you see this small device. It looks like you've seen one of these before. It looks like a hollow transmitter of some kind. Can I make a, a? I have my experimental technology focus. Um, yes, you could. You could totally try to identify this. Yeah. yeah. Um, difficulty. Mm, difficulty is one. 
All right, uh, let's go. Uh, reason engineering, you feel like? Yes, reason okay. engineering. Oh, nice. Hey, uh, that's three successes. So we get uh, two momentum back. It's a Romulan hollow communication device. Mm, perfect. Pocketing that. Um, it's blinking. Mm. All right. Um, having gotten those successes, um, obtained information, what happened if I push the button? It would probably connect. Fine. I pushed <laughs> the blinky button. <laughs> you stare at it for a second and you're like, click. Um, in front of you materializes a Romulan standing at probably at about five, six, five, seven. And what looks like traditional Romulan imperial uniform has the traditional Romulan haircut. The the grays, the sharp like you know the the sharpened like corners to the shoulders, and this calm look on his face looks like he's middle aged. Maybe for a Rom and in human years to give you a translation, maybe in his late fifties. And as this activates, he stares at you for a moment and says. Ah, Captain, I see you found the trans, the transcommunicating device that I left for you after we disabled the Changeling's defensive protocols. I trust you will have gotten through your ordeal intact. That's very kind of you. It is a return of favor, Captain. We will make good use of the schematics that we intercepted We do, but not all of us were permitted to transmit these schematics. This will come in handy when dealing with certain traitors among our ambassadorial staff. But to more pressing matters, Captain, I understand you have one of ours aboard your ship. I am here to make a deal. Mm. Hand over Sorex. Give him to us and we will leave the USS Ross intact. I'm afraid I don't have a Sorex on my ship. That is an unfortunate revelation, Captain. I no longer have an excuse not to blow your ship out of the stars. And the hollow fades away. We have to warn the Ross. Now. Let's move. Come on. Let's move. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. The Jim Hadar, as Vryn goes over to help you move, the Jim Hadar with one arm... <laughs> just lifts you up, helps you onto, like, straightening your back. And Vryn looks at you, and the lot of you begin to dash down the hallway back towards the shuttlecraft. 
you all race back towards the shuttlecraft, getting inside. Vryn slides into the pilot seat and says, what's happening? I don't understand what's happening. The Romulans have finally come for their own, and we're going to make sure they don't get any of it. Who the hell was that guy? <laughs> the shuttle begins to lurch forward. Someone who worked for Sela, most likely. <sighs> Vryn's going a little bit faster than he should be. Um, but you guys tear out of the cave complex. Um, up on the USS Ross, all is quiet. And you're kind of pacing back and forth on the bridge. Um, uh, I'm not entirely quiet. There were probably lots and lots and lots of uh, activities that I've definitely been researching because I've been trying to find the possible bug and knowing that there were signatures beaming down. That's that, that's a lot of work, actually. <laughs> not waiting yeah. for and very much actively trying to solve the bug. Um, yeah. So unless something's currently happening... Nothing's uh, happening. And in fact, the, the alarming thing is, is after, after you detect on sensors, Lacat, the shuttle leaving the atmosphere, you guys see the shuttle coming into the view screen as it's leaving the planet, along with the two other decoy shuttles that are now moving back into range of the USS Ross. Um, I want an immediate scan of the shuttle to make sure how many participants and which signatures are on board. There is a single Jim Hadar on board. A, the scattered life signs, which you can only assume might be coming from an energy source that's containing the changeling, but you do not detect a changeling. No and you, detect, you definitely detect the life forms of a Orion, an Andorian, and occasion. Excellent. Um, uh, one quick glance at the crew that has been anxiously awaiting, letting them see that, <laughs> so as to calm their nerves slightly. Um, and um, Chief, uh, is Chief down in engine room, or are you on on the bridge? On the bridge for this. Uh, we've been monitoring it. Okay. Um, great. Um, I look to you now that the captain is safe, or at least, you know, we, we assume, um, uh, reestablish communications. I would love to know what happened. Dejam them. Uh, right away. And I'll get to work on that. It's easy. Yeah. A few, a few canceling a few algorithms and all of a sudden you have an open channel to the captain. And we've established communication. Go ahead, commander. Captain. Bring the ship to red alert. Oh boy, red alert. Prawl <laughs> initiates red alert. The, the klaxon blares throughout the ship. Ox crew immediately scrambles to their battle stations. Everyone begins to lock down. Solon locks down and 10 forward. Everyone assumes positions. Families get in their positions inside uh, the, those who are still on board the ship. Um, Captain, was there a confrontation with the Romulans that beamed down to the planet? I found a, a hollow transmitter. They asked to hand over someone we don't have. They said that they were going to take out our ship. Be prepared to get out of this system as soon as we're on board. Understood, Captain. Would you like someone to meet them down in uh, the shuttle bay? Would love that. Thank you, Olin. I will go. Okay. Um, all right. 
One sec. Okay. So, when you get down to the shuttle bay and the shuttle bay doors open, you see a Jim Hadar helping the captain off the shuttlecraft. Get out of here. The captain does not look like they're in great shape. <laughs> um, looks like they're clutching their side and McCrell is also helping. Um, but when the captain steps onto the deck, kind of shrugs off the Jim Hadar a little bit and stands up. It's a lot of pain, Captain, but McCrell's administrations have actually made this manageable. Um, Would you like it to be a little bit more manageable, Captain? Hmm. We have to get up to the bridge there. We have to... Okay. And uh, Olin just takes <sighs> the captain's hand. Okay. And does the thing they do. It takes only a few moments, but the pain completely subsides in you, Captain. It bleeds away from your body. You're aware of the injury, but a sense of serenity and calm come over you as the Delton removes the pain from you. And you feel a sharp sense of focus. The Jimadar watches with curiosity. And after a beat, Vryn goes, oh, my, my hand hurts if you want to do that one next. You smack it away and he goes, ow. Actually smack it away. I take it and I, I that was just me watching. Okay. I do take his hand. So we're going to cut to the doors opening on the bridge. As you step out, you see um, Commander Exio. You swing down to the, to the bridge. Um, do we have anything up on sensors yet? Talk to me. Macat, anything good? Roll uh, reason science uh, and get an assist from the Sal and get an assist from Sally. Get an assist from Ross. Yeah, I would love to uh, do a sensor roll. Okay. Want to die? Yeah. What am I rolling for, uh, Ross? No, uh, we don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're trying to avoid. You know, what's the difficulty I'm rolling against here? Uh, the difficulty is going to be zero. Oh, great! Um, because I got two successes. Great. So the Ross, the Ross is going to roll as usual when it comes to these sensors checks. It's always going to be sensor science. Great. No help from Ross. Nothing is detected on sensors. All right. Well, I won't question the good luck. We'll have to say our goodbyes to Taraz some other time. Take us out. Warp 9.8. Vryn goes... I captain. He's I'll boost like, the power to engines. <laughs> um, I'll yeah. run off so, to engineering. Ross, mark this down on the character sheet. Ross spins nine power. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's fine, we got it. You Ooh, feel the cool. power of the warp core going <laughs> and Vryn pulls the USS Ross out of orbit swings her around very skillfully and there's that slow build up and then a flash from the nacelles as she explodes into speed racing into the stars at warp 9.8 keep an eye on sensors they might see it as we're warping through warp is always a test a strain point on cloaks just keep the eyes please come on you got it captain I'm Get him. not straying so for the sake of the episode, 
The next scene takes place down in sick bay with the captain sitting on the sick bed. It's an hour and a half after you escaped the system and there is no signs of pursuit. You see McCrell drinking her tea. <laughs> after all that. I am also her tea. Mm-hmm. Um, a few moments pass when the doors open and just to wrap the scenes up here, because this always happens when one of them was in sick bay. If Picard was in sick bay, Riker would come visit. If it was Riker, it was Picard. The doors to the sick bay open, Captain, and Exio. Commander steps in, um, and you can see on the sick bay bed is the captain um, looking not too much for the wear. Their shirt open, they have bandages across um, their, their sort of the under uh, uniform, the tank top wrapped around and you see they've got what looks like the small metal patch that's actually regenerating all of the tissue that's been torn and whatnot. The captain will probably be completely regenerated in a matter of hours, and, or rather, sorry, a matter of minutes, and uh, will be sore for a couple of days. And the two of you, um, you see McCrell. It's, it's worth noting, Captain, is as you see Exio walk in and glance over at McCrell, McCrell is in her office very calmly sipping tea with this sort of yes look on her face. <laughs> like, it's another day in the office, just sitting at my desk. Okay, um, okay. And, and it's, a, it's you're, you're watching this because it wasn't more than an hour and a half ago where you saw this Cation doctor enter into a hand-to-hand fight with the changeling and win. Um, she just sips her tea very gently and is going back to the data pad as Exio approaches you. Commander? You look better than I've ever seen you, Captain. Um, when she sees you extend your hand, her face falls a little. And um, she goes to hand you the ring. But as she's placing it in your hand, she says, Captain, I need your help with something. Anything. What do you need? I need you to take that apart. Why? I don't know, but I... It's possible that that may be the bug. I don't know, but Dr. Wellex told me a long time ago that he worked with Dr. Redgraves. And so did Lee. I do not know to what level I am compromised. This may be. You? Never. I'd prefer to be there, Captain. You hold on to that pip, though. You made it yourself. I pull up a chair, and I extend to take your hand. Good to see you again. With your ribs in the correct place. 
pull away from that. The two of you hold each other's hand for a second, heads slightly lowered as you're sort of letting things settle. It's in late afternoon on the Ross. Then we pull out and we see Ox crew's gone back to their business, but everyone is on red alert still. The ship is on edge. Everyone's in battle stations. Only thing they know is there's someone out there, someone who's hunting the Ross. But as you leave this system and leave behind a world that was a part of your history, Captain, there's a small sense of satisfaction underneath everything that happened. Because after all of this crazy shit just went down for you and the crew, you bagged your changeling. After six years, mission accomplished. And that is where we are going to wrap up farther from home. Did we get to the end of this episode, y'all? We yes. did. We did. We, did. we went into overtime, and I want to thank our Ox crew and audience for going with us as we wrapped this up, because it was a long one, but we did it. Man, did we do it. Um, yes. Uh, for... Um, yeah, no, I'll save that. I'll save that for the next episode of Clear Skies, which will be in two over weeks. two weeks. Ooh, I can Ooh. wait that long. I can definitely wait. What are you talking yeah, about? We're, <laughs> we're taking a week off. I'm, there's the part of me that's just like, I get a week to just. I just the, the idea of doing also, a cliffhanger. The idea of doing a cliffhanger before an episode of Blood Blood of the Void just felt brutal. So I was like, yeah. we're gonna do this. We're gonna get yeah. through this. Right. It would have been right but before also, battle too. Everybody, next week we get Klingons. We yeah. get Klingons next week. The only week. reason I can't Klingons. be mad about not being here because I get to watch them. Yeah. The captain with whom I shall one day ship what? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm just gonna say this, Eliza. Uh, during this the course of this episode, Eliza sent me a picture, and that's all I'm gonna say. Um, so. For this, I will say thank you so much for joining us for tonight's episode of Clear Skies and for going the distance with us. So many questions, so many reveals tonight. Um, man, did we get some reveals tonight. Um, you may have just been introduced to the villain of the campaign. Um, it's tying in to Wellix, what's going on with Exio, what's waiting for you in Shackleton, what the hell is Q going on about? What is going on with Admiral Nala Sri? And are these, in fact, forged orders from Catherine Janeway? Ah. So many questions. And amidst all of this, there is an expanse of space just waiting to be explored, waiting for the Ross to get back out there. So join us next time on Clear Skies. Until then, we will see you this coming Monday for the maiden voyage of Blood of the Void. And until then, hailing frequencies are closed. Kapla.